So audio is running, video is running, I think. Yeah. Yes. I have my I'm crazy recording hair from on. here, so it's all good. Bless, bro. Yeah. Okay, ready? Habibis, man. I think so. Yeah, I've never I think... done this before. Oh man, bless, man. Well, thanks. Is a lot there for anything I need to be prepared for? Uh no. <laughs> Maybe. Assalamu alaikum, brothers and sisters, and hello and welcome to another episode of Buckle Up, the Lockdown Edition. And man, oh man, this one is uh, really way overdue. Uh, and uh, this uh, incredible guy, um, I've known I've known him for 15 years plus. Now, every time I meet his brother, which is an ama- who is an amazing artist, Mo Flo, he tells me, man, you keep increasing the years. But yeah, I calculated it. It's like 14, 15 years. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's, uh, yeah, man, <laughs> something like okay. that. Uh, let's welcome together AY, Aham Humsi. Assalamu alaikum, man. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmah. How's everybody doing? Thank you, Haas, for taking the time to uh, get me on Buckle Up, which is uh, honestly like one of my favorite platforms in the region. Oh, bless. Bless, yeah. man. It's an honor. Okay, so we're not in a car right now, but are you ready to buckle up? Let's go, man. I want you to I'm do ready. this gesture of you. Yep. Just, just do the fake buckle up. Strapped. All right. Let's go. We're I'm ready. strapped. I'm ready to go. Okay. But listen, um, since this is somehow officially kind of the first time we really get into it one-on-one with you, you know, earlier throughout the day, yesterday and today, I was like listening to old interviews I've done with you guys. And it's always been you, Moflo, you, Majid. There's always like, you know, I've never really been one-on-one with you. And right now, I'm so happy I'm one-on-one with AY, the producer. So yeah, um, I really want to get, I have to start to ask you, when did you go from Aham to AY, the producer? What, what was uh, that moment? I never really went to AY, the producer. I've always went as AY. AY. Right? But then like Majid one day was talking to me and he's like, you know, it'd be cool if you just add the producer just for socials so people know what you do. Nice. Just, it just so when did more the like AM to AY? When, when did you fall in love with music? Uh, early, 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 really early. Like I was super young. I remember um, I used to live in Damascus, Syria when I was like in grade like three or four uh, before I moved to Saudi. And then... Um, I remember getting my hands on a bootleg tape of like a Michael Jackson uh, video, like compilation of like all the, like the times of like Remember the Times and all those songs. And uh, I think that was the moment, but also like I come from a household that is extremely uh, musical, right? Like growing up, my mom's playing Fairuz in the house or Abdul Halim or mostly Fairuz because she loves Fairuz so much. God and like my dad and my dad's playing like this oldies tape of like Brian Adams and like, uh, wow. I don't know if it was Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses and stuff like that. So I come from a household where like music is part of our morning ritual. Mm. So there's always music blasting during in the house in the morning. There was not one specific thing that got you into music specifically or, or all these combined together. Yeah, and you're living in a I'm, household and stuff. There's, so, you don't remember a moment, something that, you know? Uh, I mean, I've always been attracted to me. Like, I remember growing up when I was really young, well, when I moved to Saudi, that's when I was in Jeddah, I started getting my hands on more and more music. I remember music playing a big role in who I am in terms of like, I would listen to music all day long. Mm. And I would like all the way to the point where I put my headphones on when I when before I go to sleep, and I would listen to music even before I go to sleep. Like uh, I think it just played a very predominant role, dominant role in my life. Um, but uh, 
I mean that, but that means that's me thinking that I was a fan of music. Like I just mm. loved listening to music. And I how, don't know how did the production element come through? And let me just say here again, we've I've interviewed Mo Flow across the years, you know, like four or five times. And I remember there was one interview. You guys were in uh, Mix of Saudi, and and you you came in and you, you kept saying, "Check out MoFlowMusic.com. Check out MoFlowMusic." You kept saying, which is amazing, right. and I salute you for it, man. You, you know, and and you guys have an amazing working relationship. Of course, you guys are brothers, but he looks up to you. He says that you're the reason, you know, why he is um, right now, and that's salute. But when did the production element come through? So, uh, I was in the mom. Um, and I got my hands on a bootlegged software. Uh, you can't you can't catch me for that now. It's too late. Uh, <laughs> but like basically, it was a bootlegged software. It was called EJ, and it was basically it was just a bunch of loops. It wasn't technical at all. You just grab a bunch of elements and play them on top of each other, and then you have like a beat. It wasn't a lot of like. How old were you? And the, why were you interested to get that in the first place? I don't know. I was just always intrigued by the elements of music. Like I really, I've always wanted to know, like I remember making mixtapes for my friends, like downloading like music and making mixtapes really on. So I've always been like really, like music was really a big part of my identity as a person. But I remember getting my hands on the software and I was just basically just like playing around with it and I just really got into it. And then I got myself like a really like cheap, uh, you know what I mean? Like those microphones we used to have back in the day to make like internet calls. Oh, yeah. Remember those white ones? <laughs> so I was recording on it and that was in the mom. And I was like trying to like put together like records. I was just interested in like, oh, how do you mix voices and how do you like put together beats? And then um, I think that was the start of it all. And then I started meeting more. I think I started meeting more and more people. I've mm. always had a problem making friends, but... I started making more friends that I felt like I bonded with them on like truly over just music. And I think that was like the thing that really made me like drive more towards music. Like it's always been a, I don't know what it is. There's something in me that just drives me towards music. It's always like that. Mm. And then I moved to Jeddah and then I got my hands on better software, whatever. And then I started really, really producing. But I remember one producer that I used to go to, um, I uh, forgot his name. His name was Saiko. He used to live in Jeddah. He's a Moroccan guy. Wow. And he used to work in one of the studios. He's like, yo, come record here whenever you want. So I used to go and like basically like fiddle around and we make beats. And I'd always show up so early and leave so late. And he's like, it's crazy. You're, you show up here like it's your job, but no one's paying you to come here. And I don't know what it was, but I was just, I really just wanted to make music. Like I genuinely, I wanted to spend 24 hours a day just doing nothing but just like making music. I don't how, know. How old were you at that point? You remember? My earliest memory of me making music, I was about 14. Mm. And at that point, I was around 15, 16. So that's when I met Anas. That's when I met like Joe. Wow. That's when I met like Caffeine or Benjamin. That's when I met all those guys in Jeddah. Like that's when I started like making those relationships in the music world. That's when I met Samir Kredia. Shout that's out when to all Samir those Kredia and happened. all of them yeah. guys you mentioned, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Okay, this is really, I'll show you off topic, but Facebook, man, is crazy. And two, I don't know when, I saw a picture of you. You got a, you, you had a fro? I had a fro. It was really ugly. <laughs> and I hope nobody finds those pictures. Like, no, I, we're going to be posting it probably. No, I'm just kidding, man. But I get man. messages from my friends saying we're going to post those pictures one day and we're going to just embarrass you. I still have crazy hair, but it's just yeah. a whole different format now. Uh, and is it true that you tried rapping early on? 
Is that right? No, no, no. I didn't try rapping. You I was a rap. rapper. Oh, no, you no, were I was a rapper. A rapper. Oh, wow. Okay. I had a, bro, we had a de- we had a deal with uh, <laughs> with one of the labels back in the day. It was me, myself, Joe, and Benjamin. What? I, I yeah, we had we had wow. a record deal. Okay. Yeah, and we had a whole album recorded. And I'm you actually miss those it, days or <laughs> not at all, not at all. I hope no one finds that music because it was terrible. I so the thing uh, is, I think I did not know what I wanted to be. I wanted to be involved in music, but I wasn't surrounded with enough artists. Right? Mm. It was a lot of uh, it was nobody. It was just me. So the only thing I could do was make the beats and try to record rhymes over them. And then eventually, when I started meeting more artists, but the point when I really identified myself as a producer is the moment when. Anas Arabi brought Hamza Hausawi, or as we used to call him back in the day, AZ, to go production. He's like, you got to meet this guy. So I was basically spending my summers between university in Saudi, in Jeddah, and I was making a producer project where I was like basically bringing different people to bring, like sort of like a Timbaland type thing, right? Mm. You know? So he brought me Hamza and he's like, yeah, you got to check out this guy. And I remember him stepping in to record something. And literally, I think maybe our first or second session, he did, you don't have to go home. What? Like we did, you don't wow. have, like that was, it was so quick. And at that moment, I'm like, I'm a producer. I want to manage you or whatever. I want to work with you. I want to kind of get involved. I think we could do really dope shit. And that's when I like literally like took all my energy and I just put it into like working on projects with Hamza Takai because I just heard him and he was so talented mm. and I wanted to spend a lot of my time kind of developing him as an artist and I really found myself as like a second like a second man or a person behind like in just working on the sound and stuff I really enjoyed that part and that's when I started identifying myself as a music producer wow uh, and mind wow. you I wasn't making beats from yeah, I was going to ask you about that you weren't making beats uh, I was making songs like from mm. the start from my starting point I never made a stash of beats and then tried to give them to other people. I always made beats with other artists and we tried to make songs. Like, I have just mu- a lot of music. Even my early days, I'll find a lot of like early demos and songs from artists here and there. Like I have a lot of those, you know what I mean? Mm. So uh, that's why I, I, I say I'm a music producer. I'm not a beat maker. Because yeah. in all the sense, I've always kind of wanted to f- have like finished songs. I wanted to finish. I was interested in structure and arrangement, all the boring stuff that probably when you make a beat, you're like, here's the beat. All right, cool. I'm done. Now I wanted to see the vocals and I wanted to get the whole finished product. And I wanted to think about the intro and the outro and where does the chorus land? Like I was interested in structure and music more than anything. Nice. Uh, Do you remember the first track you produced? The first track I ever produced? Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's really embarrassing. Uh, it's, it's probably okay. one of those tracks from Dammam. Mo always makes fun of me because Mo still knows some of the bars from my early raps, and he always comes up to me and he Wait, goes you like, "You produced the track that you rapped on?" Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there's okay. tons of them. There's albums out there. Like no, if you the hit first up one I'm talking about the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. I ra- I think it was called like "Check Me Out" or some some really like like it was like some really bad like mm. rap, but uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's albums of me. I think Anna still has them. Uh, Mo still has some of the stuff. So I before I started producing for other people, I had maybe like four or five albums that were just mine, and I would just give them out around. And you had yeah. four or five albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like what? proper, like what? full, like full on. Yeah, 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 yeah. like wow. full on. And then the last one was really ambitious, 
And that's when I met Hamza, and that's when and that's mm. when I just kind of went Who? completely in a direction where I gave him a bunch of the records that were supposed to be my album records to him. Yeah. I know some of those. I know- I know you love your R&B, but also like, what? Who got you into rap? Like, what mu- music? Why? Who did you listen to? Like, who? Who are the artists that we were talking about? Um, but the reason why I'm into R&B is because when I, where I grew up. Okay, okay. Let's just set it up like so people understand how we grew up and where were where mm. were we at the point of like the 90s. Yeah. We grew up in Saudi Arabia. The supply was limited of art and music. It's not like I walked into a record store. I'm like. Give me that Backstreet Boys album. Like, it wasn't like my first choice, you know what I mean? But that's what was fed to us through media, through MTV, through whatever. And that's what music we could masters. get our hands on. You know what I mean? And that's, we had a deal, that's what we had to deal with. We had to deal with Music Masters, by the oh, way. Oh, wow. So, yeah, but we just never went through with it. But um, we, I didn't have a choice. So I started getting into the stuff that were just uh, uh, like, like there. So I remember one day, like, I'm just, I was in Jamjoom. Jim Joom. If there you don't know Jim Joom, <laughs> old, old school, old school. There was like a small store in the corner under the stairs. There was like a small music store there. And I used to go there because the store guy was Yo, really what's cool. what's it called? Yeah, I remember that. I forgot. Oh, I don't know what it was, but it was a really cool store. Yeah. And it was like a really small store too. And I saw and I was looking. I'm like, oh, cool. What's the new boy band? What's going on? It was boy band era. It was like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. Like you'd see some Tupac on MTV sometimes, but also we're we're not getting, we're not getting MTV America and Saudi, we're getting MTV India. True. So they're feeding us a lot of like boy band. They're feeding us a lot of Michael Jackson. So I've I've already been a huge Michael Jackson fan. Uh, And I found an album that said Black Street, another level. Oh, so I'm like, Black, what's what's Black Street? Is that like a Backstreet Boys? Oh, cool. Let me check this out. So like I buy that and I listen to it and I fell in love with this album so much. Later down the line, I connected the dots. My favorite Michael Jackson album is Dangerous. Okay. And my and my first entry to like R&B or I hate the word urban, but my first entry yeah. to R&B was that album from Blackstreet. Wow. Now, Teddy Riley produced Dangerous. Mm. And Teddy Riley is Blackstreet. Yeah. And just when you connect the dots, I was always, a, I've always, like, that's why I always say, like, he is my, like, he is the reason I sound how I sound, because Teddy Riley is the is the producer that I really, like, was attracted to everything that he did musically, and I was a big fan. And then from there onwards, I got into Tupac. It was a lot of West Coast rap, like, a lot of Tupac, a lot of Snoop Dogg, and then Dr. Dre, because, like, being a producer, you're, like, listening to Dr. Dre, like, Dre Day, like, Chronic 2001, and then Eminem came out, and then Eminem, and then Exhibit. It was a lot of West Coast. Yeah. And then one of my friends moved from, uh, I met later on, shout out to Tare. He moved from Tare. Toronto. So Tare. TQ. TQ. So TQ Luda. was in Toronto. Exactly. <laughs> so TQ, TQ was yeah. in Toronto. And then he had a bunch of, like, tapes, because Toronto's close to New York, he had a bunch of New York rap. And he's like, yo, check this out. Yo, check out Jay-Z. I knew who Jay-Z was. I just never liked East Coast rap. And then I remember he played me the blueprint and I'm like, what is this? And wow. my mind just completely opened up to like East Coast. I'm like, oh, there's Nas. And then there's like Jadakiss. Oh, there's Rough Riders. Oh, Swizzy's dope. Like I started listening more to East Coast. And to this day, like my, one of my top five albums is like the blueprint. Like I love everything that is Jay-Z. You yeah. know, today, yesterday I was playing I was playing Magna Carta in the studio with Mo. I'm like, what an incredible like rapper. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I still hold like I still hold the West Coast very near and dear to me because the West Coast is very melodic. 
it, you know, they had the G-Funk, they had all these things. So I know it's a very complex answer to your question. No, but no, that's no, I love kind it. Of my, that's I'm my answer. Left. I'm also interested. I want to know if, if there's anything rubbing on the microphone from your end, like in terms of, did you hear that sound No, no, sound don't too? worry. I, I, I'm recording right here. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, you, you're okay, you're going to get some clean audio. <laughs> you're so dealing funny. with AY, the producer, man. My man. Yeah, man. Bless you, brother. That was, thanks a lot for, for answering actually something like that. Tayyip. Um, uh, wow. There's so many questions that come, can, uh, can come out of that answer. Um, Salah, listen, I want to talk, maybe not a lot of people know, but I want to talk about nothing personal. Um, yeah, wow. 2010, was it? 2010. 2010. 2010. 2010 and obviously, um, you know, uh, I, tell us about that. Was it Mo Flo's first album? Or the, uh, it, was Mo, it was Mo's first mixtape, just on his own. So at this point, Mo is hanging out with the guys from the Run Junction. Obviously, Anas is my really... Anas is one of my best friends, right? Shout so out he's Anas hanging out Arabi with them. Be, check him out. And by the way, just a quick side note. Yesterday, we spent like an hour talking back and forth on, on IG. Yeah, was I was really with him cool. on the phone just now. He told me we had a big debate yesterday. So yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was I a, think it's healthy. I think it's very healthy. We had a very good debate. Uh, and I, you know, again, uh, for people who are just watching, I know this guy for over 15 years. And subhanAllah, when you know somebody for that long, despite of many differences you might have, you end up remembering why you fell in love or why you yeah. connected or why. So uh, I've always looked at you guys and I'm so proud. And it's interesting you said TQ because TQ was giving you all these tapes. For me, it was Wido. Remember Wido? Yeah. Walid. Walid gave me yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the tapes that had Narsi and Omar Ofendim and Shadia on it or something. Actually, Narsi on it. And then I discovered many, which led to Revolt, yeah. which led to Leishap Up, which led to Wish. this one. Right yeah, now. We, we, do, we, do, we do is a very, uh, I mean, shout out to Wido. He's a great curator. He really knows sound. He's smart. Him and his brother, both him and Moody, have always yeah, been. Yeah, shout like, out to Moody. They man. understood culture in a way that was very interesting. You true, know? true. Like, hip interestingly, hop. And he actually said that on one of the interviews we did in 2013. He said, Wido's a hip hop head. You know, <laughs> Which is kind of really he is so big up to him. So nothing yeah. personal. It, it wasn't nothing it, personal. It wasn't none of your beats. Uh, I think there was once again, mm. and that's the first time. Mo, so 2010. Uh, when did Drake come out? Drake. <laughs> that's a good question. When? <laughs> okay. When did when did when, when did that early Drake like the first one with like Eminem and Kanye? Ah, that was 2006. Forever. 2006. I think so. so. You can hear the influence of Drake at that point. Like yeah. it was 2010. Mo had a bunch of records that he he would go to go production and record, just fiddle around. And then one day I was making so funny story. Um, my I used to I was working with Prince Q here, and Prince Q was working with Styles P from New York, right? So shout we ended out. up producing. Yeah, I co-produced the record. Mm. So I co-produced the record with Prince that ended up on Styles P's project, right? And we were kind of sending beats off to Styles. So I was working on a beat for Styles and Jada, in my mind, okay? So, because we knew who they're people, right? So I was working, yeah. they're working on something. So I kind of put together this beat and I'm like, yo, this is gonna be fire, like some shit. And then Mo walks in the studio and he starts humming a hook to it. I'm like, yo, this is dope, get in the booth. He starts recording to it and it, it came together very naturally where he got in the booth, he recorded something to it and it was just like a really good track. Sorry, this, at this in, point, when you say booth, was it a home studio or go? No, no, this was this was go production. Go production. Shout out so to a lot of our course. early early Monumental years. Monumental go production, still actually active till now, and they're doing incredible Very stuff. Very much so. so. Yeah. Like for me, like Samir was was obviously like I look at him as a mentor and a person who really, really, really pushed me. 
Like he used to, like my first MIDI keyboard before I traveled to go to university, he bought it for me and was like, yo, this is my gift to you. Keep wow. making music. You are going to be great. You're really good at this. Like you need yeah. that one person in your life of who course. kind of like drives you in that direction. So we made the record Mimo and put it on Nothing Personal. Nothing Personal maybe has one or two from my production. So at that okay. point, I'm not, I'm not taking Mo seriously. I'm like working on his mixtapes, huh. but I'm not really like investing a lot of my time doing records for Mo. I'm kind of just helping him here and there. I'm mixing his records, but mm. I'm, but like, I'm more focused on AZ at this point. I'm more focused on Hamza. Mo is kind of just like young. He's kind of figuring out what he wants to do. And it, co it goes on this way for a really long time. Like Mo kind of drops all these projects that I'm mixing or whatever, but Hamza is still kind of my pillar. And I'm focusing on like me and Hamza are like, kind of like scheming, what are we gonna do next? We gotta figure out a deal, we gotta get management, we gotta do this, like we're kind of trying to scheme of how we're gonna put Hamza on because we all believe that Hamza was like, still is one of the most talented people to ever come out of the region. And we wanted to kind of like find the way to put him on. Because yeah. if we put Hamza on, then like the entire, and we were going by Harmony at this time, Harmony Brothers early on. Right. So there was an, so the- Harmony with, early, an, with an O, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it was the full-on Harmony. Yeah. Harmony yeah. Brothers, you know, yeah. there was no HR, HRMNY or anything like that. So Harmony Brothers would like refer to me and Mo, right? Because we were writing the stuff and then Hamza was with us as well. It wasn't like a clear cut situation, but it was there. You know what I mean? And then when Hamza did all those records on his first and second project, which is First Words, that's on SoundCloud, a lot of those songs are written by me and Mo. Mm. So Heart Attack, I think was written by Mo and Hamza. There's right here, I think was written by me. Um, wow. There's a few here and there that we wrote would together. You say, would you say you're, you're an underrated songwriter? Well, well, I'm not. Well, I'm. I'm. I'm not a great songwriter. I can write really good pop music. I'll be okay. honest. Okay. Like I think at this age, I'm 33 right now. I know exactly what I am and what I'm not. You okay. know what I mean? Like I'm not really like an incredible songwriter. I think Mo is an incredible songwriter. He is. I think I'm a, yeah. I think he's really good at what he does. And thing is, Mo does a lot of ghostwriting that people don't know about. I know. So he has, yeah. So he has a lot of <laughs> records here and there that people have that are gonna come out that he wrote for other people, which is nice. really interesting. Um, but yeah, the point is that's when it started, 2010. Nothing personal, and mm. uh, it was just like uh, an early mixtape from Mo. Yeah, you produced uh, Born Ready. Was it featuring uh, Vision? 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 Vision. Right? So Tariq, uh, yeah. Shout out to Tariq. Uh, 2013 was it? 2013. Yeah. So that's the early mixtape from Mo. Yeah, it was with Born, Re Born Ready. I, um, you, you and produced also that. that was that was not all of it. I I produced the intro. That's it mm. from the entire mixtape. There's the intro, and the rest were all like Madlib beats, and it was a lot of like Jay Dilla. It was mm. a lot of Jay Dilla. Like Mo's early days were a lot of like boom bap yeah. Jay Dilla. Like he loved that kind of bounce from rap. You know. He was he was showing a little bit of like melodic signs here and there, but it was it was more uh, like Fonte, less the less R and B. I was gonna, you know? I obviously was gonna say that, but before we talk about this, I mean, would you say um, you're somehow responsible also for the evolution of Mo Moflo's sound? Any given he loves, I know he's always like you said been melodic, but would you also say that you also pushed him towards that? Um, the singing, sorry, look, the singing and rapping thing. Because I remember you even said it on the radio show back in 2014 when I had you guys. You said like he is one of the very few in the region that does both. You know? Yeah, I stand by it. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't one of the few back then. He was the only. 
Like he was the only doing it properly. Like he had a full on R&B record on his first mixtape, like a yeah. proper R&B record yeah. on his second, on his third. It's always been like that. But um, it was the true, like, look, it was truly what's going to happen in music. If you have vision and you looked at what was happening at that point, it was truly where music was going to move. And for me, there was this, there was this really bad um, energy around rap in the region. They were like when you are said, oh, Mo Flow the rapper, for some reason it's less shows, less work, less opportunity. But if you frame yourself as an artist and you leave the rapper, like I don't think rappers are rappers, rappers are artists. And I wanted to leave the whole thing behind the rap because rappers in this region are I just want not to, sorry like to interrupt you. I just want to remind back then, this was, I think, something visionary from your end, AY. And I don't say this lightly. You know, again, it, back in 2013, I think the thoughts were a bit different. So the fact that you're still from 2013, obviously till now, you are been, been thinking like this. And I want to salute you for this, really. I think not a lot of people thought that. And, and we, I'm one of them, we get caught up, oh no, rapper, khalas, lazim, rap, you know, I need that. And you can see with Mo Flow even, like you see with the, obviously with the Born Ready, uh, sorry, nothing personal, there's a lot of rap in there. I don't think there's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. many even melodic. Born Ready, then, there's mm. three mixtapes after that. There's Inspired, which is our Inspired. first like proper project, which yeah. you've, you you hosted that too. That was ironically. Sexy. No, you didn't, you didn't host that, you flew in for that. I, of course, and, yeah, that was and, amazing. Um, yeah, that was incredible. Six, six years ago, that was. A, let me before, man. Look, listen. You just sparked something in me. Let me go. One of my favorite tracks for for Mo, and he, I love this record, man. I still listen and, to and, it. Till and now. it's a deep record. Like people go go come up to Mo, like or think about Mo back in the day. We're like, oh, you're kind of selling out, blah blah. I'm like, no, 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 my guy. I've paid my dues. I've spit enough bars for you guys to live by for a really long time. Now, if you come to Mo today, like, no offense, bro. If you come up to Mo right now and go like, oh, you're a singer, you're not a rapper. No, bro. The discography is deep. There's a three-hour MoFlow set on Mixcloud. There's someone mm. who was able to mix three hours of MoFlow music. Like, and this is why, why sometimes I'm like, yo, like, the history is not documented correctly. We did not just arrive. We've been 100%. making music in the region no, for see. a really long yeah, time. Man, I, it's a, it's a really blessed, consistent. Man. Yeah, I mean, again, let me go. Forbidden colors, and also I think maybe cash like, out of out of the like, tracks. Honestly, if you're mm. if you're if you're listening to this interview right now, go to SoundCloud and write Mo Flow Forbidden Colors. Hands down, it's so, like you have to understand the age that Mo was at and the things that were going around back then. There was no rapper rapping as hard on that album. Like, there's a lot of amazing rap records on the album, and then like we had License to Kill with uh, with Nino Bliss. Yes, like we had a record, record with Nino Bliss opinion. on the Different. same album, but at the same time, Mo gave you Forbidden Colors, and Forbidden Colors to this day is probably one of my favorite Mo Flow records. Would Would you say that was the beginning of the shift? Ay, like that uh, was of the R and B shift of 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 you guys as both and Nuchalas, you know, you released that, and then would you say that's the beginning or the beginning started even before? No, insp inspired, into... inspired, mm. inspired as a project was me and Mo saying, all right, you know what, the industry is not messing with us, no one is showing us respect, no one's showing you respect, oh, no one's showing you respect. It was more of that. It was like a like there there's a line in Mo and in, in one of the remixes on SoundCloud, the Rihanna remix, where he yeah. goes like, "Me and Big Bro had a sit down," and we and like he he details that sit down when we had that chop up and we like, "All right, cool. They're not messing with you and they're not messing with me. 
Like for, they're not letting me in as a producer because they're kind of trying to sun, they're sunning me. When I came to Dubai, they're like, oh, little bro, AY, you're trying to produce, oh, you're cute, oh, whatever, you're trying to make beats. It's all right, you know? And then Mo, same thing, oh, you're trying to rap, oh, cool, yeah, we'll see what we can do, or we can fit you if we can get you on a stage or whatever. It was a lot of like, it was a lot, we felt a lot of um, like Resistance, pushback. Eh? Yeah, we mm. felt a lot of pushback. Not from the city, but generally we felt the pushback from our environment where like, oh, you guys are new here, but yeah, but we're not really new here. We've been making music for a very long time, but it was just because we're the new kids on the block. And that's when it feeds back to what you said about, oh, you guys are very private. We're not from this era, guys. Yeah. I didn't come to Dubai today. I've been here for a really long time. The choice of being private is the choice of me pulling back and saying, all right, I'm not gonna get involved in none of this. Mm. I'm going to go and play in my in my corner over there to build something that is mine, completely mine, where no one has a say of what we do, what we say, the kind of music we make. I don't need none of the, none of the advice. Thank you guys very much. I'm just going to go and play in my corner. And see, yeah. Go ahead. And now the corner is like everyone's like, "Oh, why won't you let us come and play in your corner?" Oh, yeah. because you guys sent me to that corner a long time ago. Now you want to come play in my corner. That wow. makes no sense to me. You feel me? Mm. Like it's not you. like it's not like I arrived here and everyone was like, "Open arms, what's up, man? Come, we mess with you. Let let us put you on." It was never not the, like it was a few people in in the situation that were like that, but it was never that way. So the reason why me and Mo had to sit down and we were like, "No one's messing with you. No one's messing with me. I need to grow as a producer. You need to grow as an artist. You think I'm dope? I think you're equally dope. Let's kind of build it together." Let me make mm. you the dopest version of the artist that you can be and make me the dopest producer that I could be. And that's what it was. Mm. And that's it. Like, hands down, like, I'd die for that guy, you know? And Bless I know guys. for a fact I, that he I, would I, die I the same way for that. me. I told you back then when I interviewed Mo Flo, you, you came in and you the first thing I said, I said, you know, I'm going to talk to you. And you said, this is not about me. It's about Mo. And you kept saying during the interview, you can hear it. It's on SoundCloud. You could moflowmusic.com, moflowmusic.com. You kept saying, which is uh, blessings, man. Again, um, you know, definitely. This is something I really, um, I, I love about you. But talking quickly here, there is a project that you guys worked on, which is this remix thing, which is... A uh, um, remix is for you. Yeah. How? I mean, I remember one of the times I interviewed you guys, we, we were talking about that. I think I think this this one did not really take its whole... Yeah, any kid, uh, a lot of people not, not slept on it. I think a lot of people maybe, if you release Nobody this really right knows. now, don't you yeah. think we'll have a different kind of reaction? Maybe, I don't know. So the idea was most, the album that really changed everything for us is This Is You, or yeah. as we, like, or you, right? So this album, before it came out, I had an idea. I'm like, yo, Mo, let's do a series of remixes before the album, and we call it I Remix This For You. Yeah. So we started doing all these remixes and we started taking all these records that we really like and bless him, Majid, AKA Jeed, he was like, yo, uh, why don't you guys do Dej Love? This record is really dope, it's gonna be big. You guys should do a remix to it. And that's how it all started. Me and Mo kind of like, we're like oh, we're not gonna do a remix. We're gonna reproduce the entire record and kind of give it our own spin. Dope. And then we started making those records. And but then, see, that's visionary on its own. Like that's something, oh, you, need, you know, that's forward thinking in my opinion. It's algorithm, bro. Like, let's not look, okay. Let's not kid ourselves. It's pure marketing, guys. If I put a song on SoundCloud right now that says Justin Bieber, Mo Flo Remix, 
it's gonna get a lot of like and that's what it was we have a Justin Bieber remix in there but yes. there was a dope Justin Bieber record we remixed it and that shit I think it hit like 70,000 80,000 yeah, and yeah. that was really new well, for us my favorite was the Where Are You Now Skrillex and, and Diplo one that's, yeah, that's, that's the one that's, and, Justin, that's a Justin Bieber record oh yeah yeah Justin Bieber yeah. so we took that and we remixed it and then we saw that people were paying more attention to us and then down the line we drop an album and that's this is you that was the marketing plan for that album like we were thinking marketing plan from then right and then but again i, I, I don't want to i don't want to stop you here because you know I, anyone that can find the album can find it for me what i'm interested about is at that time you were still thinking marketing and now if you're listening to this right now and no ay now and no harmony you know what they were able to do marketing wise you know what kind of events they throw you know what they're thinking so again you've been doing it for a while so yeah. I, again, I just want to shout out that forward thinking. It's not something like you always say, you didn't come kidam in al Look, I got to give a shout out to a few people. I've surrounded myself with people who are really smart. Like when we're sitting in LA and I'm with Omar Basad and Omar Basad goes shout like, why Omar you guys? Basad. I love Omar. He's he's a smart industry man. Like he's not only, Very. he's a great musician, but he really knows the game. And he's the one who was like, and I and I give him a lot of props for this. Because that was the days when there was rumors about SoundCloud shutting down. Yes. Right? And, and we were the very SoundCloud. And saving it and stuff like that. Way before. No, no, no. This is way before. This oh, is early SoundCloud wow. dying. Okay. This is, there's, there's a phase where SoundCloud was going through a really big problem before the bankruptcy and chance, way before. Uh, and we're sitting in LA and Omar is like, I don't understand. You guys are making all this quality music. Like we're playing him the album. And he's like, and you guys are going to drop it for free on SoundCloud. And I remember Mo saying word for word, I don't think I am worthy to ask people to pay me money for my project. Wow. He said I'm that. just a, I'm just an artist from the Middle East. And Omar is like, that is wrong thinking. Mm. I'm going to help you guys. We're going to put the album on streaming. No what one streaming was, putting, was it? But bro, that was early Apple Music, early oh, Spotify, wow. early, early iTunes. Like that was iTunes era more than Apple Music. Apple Music was an extension at that point. Yeah. It was just beats, radio and stuff like that. It was a bit like, and Spotify was still there. And he helped us put the album on streaming. And then like years down the line, you're looking at two million plus streams on an independent album that like we thought about throwing away and putting for free. Yeah. You know what I mean? It still did really well. Um, um, yeah, of course. Um, just quickly, one of the questions I got, I'm not going to name because uh, some people said um, we, we put out the post of, of people asking questions. Some people said, don't mention my name. Like, no mention names. It's all good. But one question that beef? came regarding Omar, just quickly, is Omar Basad ever going to be on Harmony? Omar Basad is an ex so there's a, there's an extended extension of the family like Omar is Omar is my really close friend and uh, Omar Omar has his own like he has his own trajectory as a person as well but me and me and Omar work often like we talk almost every damn day you know but just quickly for people tuning in obviously who's officially harmony is it Moflo AY so as it's it's Moflo AYG Mind Circus Mind and Circus. Adam Nabil well I mean Adam Nabil as well look I'll tell you honestly like when I meet you it's not like I come up to you with a contract I go like you're harmony now it's not how it works it's a relationship that we build over the years like I didn't say that Adam Nabil is harmony Adam Nabil said harmony mm. I don't force it on people, but it's like a natural relationship that I build with you or we build with you where we feel like you are part of our world now. And it's not like a contractual situation where we don't treat it like a record label. It's more of like people who have similar visions and think about the same things in the same place and kind of move together. Same thing with Majid. We didn't sit down and go like, 
your harmony now. When did Jeet come, come, I mean, you know, kind of connected with you guys? Ironically, bro, when I met Majid, Majid paid me to work. Majid <laughs> paid me as a producer to work, to produce tomato soup. Right? Wow. So he paid me, we worked, but when we bonded like hell, like me and him became like, we became friends. We go to the gym together, we eat together. Shout you know, out to him. He's still like, mad at me out. because I made him freestyle on the radio. And you know, there's a delay. Uh, it was so funny, man. And then, but, and then I think it just came together naturally. Where we're like, all right, cool, harmony, harmony, all right, cool. Like it wasn't like a sit down where we had like an official discussion. And then it continued that way. It's it, harmony is a na- like harmony is a natural energy that occurs between you and anybody else. It's harmony, literally. It's, it's like you have a harmonious relationship with someone, mm. and it comes out of natural bond. It doesn't well, come from... What is it. harmony in one sentence? Harmony is a collective of forward-thinking creatives. That's it. Today, harmony is a creative agency. Yeah. Tomorrow, in 10 years, harmony will be something else. It's you, forever... You, you believe that? It's fluid. It's forever fluid. Mm. It'll, be, it'll be 10 things. It's an umbrella. It's not one thing. It's a record label. It's a clothing line. It's, it's whatever I want it to be. It's whatever Majid wants it to be. It's whatever Mo would like it to be. Like, we don't really have a, a sort of like a, this is what we are and concrete. This is, like, we're, we're a research hub. That's mm. how we look at ourselves. And this Amazing. is sort of like how Majid also says that about us all the time. Like, let's be a research hub for as long as we can. I love, I love the way you guys work. Uh, but listen, let, let's... This question might provoke you, and it's. I think it's okay. I know you for 15 plus years, so yalla. Uh, I think when you first, when I at least first came to the UAE, which was about five years ago, there was a lot of, um, I wouldn't say negative. It's a negative, it's a, it's a strong word. There was a lot of, not even tension. There was a lot of thoughts that are wrong about you guys as as Harmony. And I remember me and Drew sitting down and talking about it. Now, I don't know yeah. if anyone who's listening had that, and now obviously, there was a certain thinking about you guys. Do you yeah. did you feel that? First of all, did you feel that, or maybe you didn't? You didn't. And if so, I mean, if you felt it, um, mm. there's a big shift right now of how people see harmony and how people see you guys. In all honesty, uh, I think you were one of the few people who was honest enough to come and say, like, "Hey, man, there's this, there's this notion about you guys, and this is how people feel about you guys, or whatever." But I didn't feel it because I don't really like, I listen to my surroundings, but I don't pay too much attention to those mm. things because I just, I know they're very distracting to me as an artist at the end of the day, because I am very, like, look, man, I'm a cancer. Cancers are extremely emotional and passionate about their work. If you tell me my my work is not good or trash, I'm going to take it very personally. <laughs> I'm not very competitive, but when it comes to music, I'm very competitive. But it feeds back to what I was saying earlier. I was sent to that corner. I was asked to go and work in private in that corner because nobody wanted to kind of like work with me, right? And it's nothing against anybody. Like it's all in, in all honesty, I got so mad love for everybody. But that's the honest truth. And then I just stayed in that corner and it never came back. Mm-hmm. The people you're talking about are people from a generation that is not mine. Yes. I'm 33 years old. Like, so when I was doing it and whatever I experienced, those people haven't had nothing to do with it. I just remained very private as a person and stayed yes. in my corner and worked yeah. with the people that I work with. And, and I they think saw that of- kind of privacy as a sign that, you know, he pushing us away. I even remember talking to to one artist who was, you know, remain nameless right now um, that, you know, I've asked, are they coming? Like, no, they don't, they don't leave the house. 
You know, I'm like, huh? What, what do you? you but know? how? But 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 how am I insulting you if I don't leave the house? Yeah, like, I know. I'm in my own house. I'm bringing you no problems. I'm staying in my own zone. I'm working on my own art. You're not paying me. I'm not paying you. <laughs> yeah. We have no like like zero kind of like Truth, interaction but, but in terms now, of. But now, man, now we no one can say that you guys didn't do that. There was a lot of kind of uh, artistic you know earthquakes that you guys were responsible for as 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 a company as a collective that you're saying and even as you know as you know like man you've done a lot of work in a span of like i'm talking about the last three four years you know and yeah people's perception that perception that was there have shifted right now i'm, I'm pretty sure about that but i'll be honest with you hand like wallahi it was never done because we wanted to shift the perception about yeah, us. Yeah. It was how we, it's it's who we are and how we felt at that moment. They might, mm. don't get me wrong, in two years, they might hate me again. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, no, no, but like for me, like honestly, it doesn't matter. Like if you don't put food on my table and if you are not responsible, the way we've built our ecosystem, no one is responsible for us. No one can shut me down. Mm. No one can turn off no one can turn off anything. Like I don't rely on anybody in any sense in a way. And I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just, we're so independent in our own circle and we have great relationships with people. I tend to not ask people for too much and I tend to want to help. I want to help. If I could help you, I'll help you. But in the sense of like being too involved in how people feel about you, that's a forever changing formula. Mm. People will forever feel a certain way about you and you'll feel a certain way about them. Uh, it's just, I think all I want sometimes is for people to respect me and I want to respect other people because that's all I can ask of people. Which, which is times. actually an amazing kind of um, lay through to, 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 to the next question. Um, Manal Ofriyan, I hope I'm saying it right. Shout out to you. She's like, I love Buckle Up. Uh, this is a question to AY. I hope it gets through. It's going through. Um, you, Harmony, AY, MoFlow does sound a lot like what OVO are doing. Now, yeah. uh, I, I see that, okay? I shout yeah. out to Manel. Now, um, let, let's let's play it in a different way. Do, yeah. First of all, does OVO as a, as a collective as well inspire you? That's, of course. Of course. Okay. Of course, me and so, everybody, bro. Of course. You're talking about Michael Jackson. Like, this is Michael Jackson of our era. Mm. So if if we're discussing it from a, from a perspective of, of like, oh, you're inspired by Drake or you're inspired by 40 or how OVO moves, but who isn't? Yeah. Name an artist yeah, right is, now. Would you say that you kind of inspired in a way that you did? Like, for example, man, Shaquille O'Neal inspired me a lot, a lot. Yeah. At one point, I was kind of talking like Shaq, acting like Shaq in every single way when I was a, like yeah. a bit younger. Everything, yeah. like, you know, everything. So yeah. uh, obviously I'm not Shaq, I'll never be Shaq. But would you yeah. say that you fell into that for a period of time and then you found your own way? Or no? Uh, in in terms what of way? The thinking. Like the thinking, how they drop things, we th marketing. Yeah, definitely. But everyone mm. did though. Like the whole mysterious rollout is a yeah. weekend thing. XO, uh, Drake. It was a whole era of mysterious. Man, nobody even knew what Billie Eilish looked like for a while. You know what I mean? Like, or who she was. Like she's very mysterious. There's, there's the whole mystery rollout is there's one intention behind it. Here's the music. Let me know how you feel about the music. Who cares about me as a person? If you like how I look or how I speak, you know what I mean? Uh, put the music forward. So that was mm. the thing that we liked about it is that we didn't have to put our personalities forward. We didn't have to, we didn't have to be like influencers to sell mm. you music. We just had to put out dope records. But that then looking back at it, 
We don't do great on social, right? Like me and Mo don't do crazy on social. Even Majid, we don't do crazy on social. We're decent, but we do a million streams a year with no promo on Spotify. That's what happened. We did this, you know? And I don't think, thinking about it now, we should have been a bit more outspoken and a bit more communicative because we need to speak to people too. So to answer your question, yes, we're, mm. we were very much inspired of how, about how they move. Um, so was EXO though, so is LVRN, look into them, the label that, that basically works with Black or Black's like basically collective. This has inspired an entire movement, but also looking at it today, we have found our own way to move in a different way. We found our own voice. Excuse my ignorance here, and again, I'm sorry in advance. Now, when when you're talking yeah. about these, you know, labels or initiatives, collectives that you mentioned right now, when you shift to the Middle East, uh, you know, you're like, you know, at least me in the region. Yeah. Other than, you know, I see Outlaw Productions, shout out to them, incredible, you know, and you guys. Again, excuse my ignorance. I mean, I can't think yeah, of yeah. this, but who, who, who others as a collective I'm talking about in terms of like, you know, you, uh, can you okay. name can you name any again me and you are going to put on blast right here but it's all i can't in terms of I'm like trying. dropping right you just said things like you know in terms of more there's marketing there's you know releasing outlaw it's it's kind of the same thing but different journeys well you have well, well you have the well, well you have what's happening in sudan right now of course the circle is a new initiative that it's amazing led by Aiden what do you Cole know about them as people they're very much music centric but they're very much music centric first they are, they're not they are out there, that's they're what I'm not saying. influencers. They're, 100%, they started what you, what you know, this collective, it's all featuring a lot of, and obviously Sudanese artists, and it is an amazing thing. You know, they're dropping on Bandcamp, SoundCloud, they are a collective. Boom. They did the Boom. 249 Experience Volume 1, which is amazing. The 249 Hat is an incredible. He's featuring with Baz, you know, on one record, which is incredible. Incredible. Mm. And they're both, they're all incredible. Like, th th that's a crew I can name. Um, I think, um, What's happening in Saudi as well with, ah um, oh man, I'm trying to remember, I, the name escapes me, but you know who I'm I talking think, about. Uh, you know, Saud and Bridge Entertainment, I think they are starting to you know, also collect, you know. Saud's also a very creative and smart guy too. Like he really knows, and he's a really great, like, you know what it is? I don't know Saud, I met him once. Really? But he's my he's my brother. Like oh wow. On some okay. on some on some like on some like real nice guy vibes, like yeah. just good vibes. Always like he is but it man, what I'm trying to say is that vibes. we we need we we need definitely more and you guys are really, really I'm not saying this because we're doing this and every single time I say that, I keep saying it. It's very, very important for us to be obviously that collective. And that question for OVO, yeah, you can be inspired by somebody, but a lot of people thought that you're doing a lot of copying for that. And you just said, Yeah, it's fine if we do it for a Maybe. while. But would you still say that you are, you know, you're following the news, but are you you know, what's the difference? In, no, what the difference is like, what well, do you the say? difference is that we don't have Drake as an artist, which is a shame because yeah, I would have been a millionaire and I wouldn't yeah. be talking to you. I'd be doing something else. But oh, like, you man. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, I still be talking to you. I love you, ass. I'm joking. Oh, bless. But okay, for so you, when you're a millionaire, like just, you're not going to talk to uh, me. <laughs> no, no, no. For, I'm going to take you with me, bro. We're going to go all the way up. Probably you're going to be richer than me because you work 10 times harder than me. Oh, man. But bless. That's bless not even now. the idea. The whole concept of copying, uh, and the way it's kind of like considered a bad thing is like such a misconception, right? A lot of art starts from you copying someone that you love, especially when you don't have the know-how or understanding. You see, some, you see something that you love, you start doing it, and then eventually it grows into effort to become your own thing and it becomes your own form. And that is a true thing from everybody. 
Cole looked up to Jay-Z, copied a lot of the things that Jay-Z did. And that's Cole. That's one of the greatest right now, right? Kendrick looked up to someone, copied that someone, became great on his own right. It's always that way. That's how all art starts. You have to have a reference point. If you don't have a reference point to benchmark from, you're just... And this is what pisses me off. Not pisses me off, bothers me. I'm trying to be uh, a bit more (laughs) subtle. This is what bothers me. A lot of people... Uh, don't want you to benchmark. So you're telling me that I look at a label or a successful movement and I'm just going to disregard all their success and all the know-how and all the the marketing understanding that they have and I'm just not going to benchmark from there? I don't look at music as only an art form. I look at music as a business as well. Like there's a business side to it. And if when did you that fail, start coming in your mind? Right from the beginning, bro. From, from the, the beginning. From all the way from the beginning, that, yeah. bro. All the way from the beginning, bro. I refuse to play a game. Okay. I always used to tell artists. I'm like, okay, cool. So you want to make music, but you want to, you don't want to be active on social media right now and you don't want to drop consistently and you don't want to do interviews and you want to make like I'm like, oh, cool. So you want to play, you want to play basketball where everyone else around you is playing football. You know the rules. You know how this game works. If you really care about it, then you try to find your way into the game and play within the dynamics of that game. And from early on, I realized that there are dynamics to this game. There's a business side to this game. If we don't understand it and we don't do it better, we're not going to win. Yeah. We're independent artists at the end of the day. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act cool and be like, oh, I'm not going to promote my project because like, I can't, I got to be cool. I don't need to be cool, bro. Yeah. I, you don't need to be cool. And this is the thing that you were telling me, like when I came up to the radio and this is, see, it's about keeping the same energy. I've kept the same energy for years. Truth. I was walking in there saying moflowmusic.com. <laughs> I'm going to look at you right now and go like moflowmusic.com because guess what? I still own the domain. It's still active till today. It is. <laughs> Consistency is what brings success. If we're going to mm. look at things and go like, yeah, I'm too cool to do marketing or I don't do Instagram ads. This is the newest one. Or I do everything organic. Let me tell you something about organic. Organic has been dead. Your favorite artist agency is paying millions of dollars in the back and pushing his content because organic been dead. And this is what kills me about everyone in the region. Like everyone's like, oh, it's the new version of are you old school or new school? Are you real or are you fake? Are you mm-hmm. organic or are you are you doing the marketing effort? So you're telling me I'm about to spend 15 years of my lifetime working really hard on this piece of art and I'm not going to do the last bit of marketing for me to get this art. It's like the difference between you painting the most beautiful painting and wanting to hang it in your living room. That's cool if you want that. I want to put it in a gallery. I want to put it in the biggest gallery possible. That's how Mm. I think about my art. Now, what you do with your art and how you consider it, that's completely on you and I'm not mad at that. But don't be mad about how I execute myself. I hear you. That's all I want. Man, to, that's that's how I think about uh, it. That was a really long answer to a very. No, but you were question. very. You you've but you've been always Yanni, also vocal, especially Yanni, You know, um, uh, recently, man, um, you you uh, you you spoke something about you know being a producer and how you overlooked sometimes and how, you no, know, you've been doing this for 15, 17, 15 plus years, right? Safe to say so, even more. Long time, man. Yeah, yeah. Does it get? Does it get? Uh, I mean, when you sit down on your on your system and and you know, halas, you want to get into it. Do you have a, the same rush as the beginning, or halas, you're getting used to, the, of course, to that? It's the same feeling that you get before you get on an interview till today. Mm. When you do something that you love, it's very hard to lose that for it. Like I still feel the same way about it. Um, I think what changed 
is my look at my environment. I think my frustration comes more from the world around me yeah. and less from the art. I still love the art. And I don't hate the game, I understand the game. But I feel like I've sometimes I, I'm too quiet or I don't speak my mind often or I don't tell people how I feel about certain things. Or shamelessly, it's I guess it's the OVO thing. Like, it's like, oh, I don't promote myself enough. I don't say, oh, by the way, that really cool project that you all love, I was, I produced that record or mm. that that really dope record with Push It C. Yeah, I produced that record. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I by the way, I have a TLC placement, you know, like, by the way, like I've done this. Like, I'm not really like shamelessly plugging myself as a producer. Like I've done I this, all oh, like this, pro but like, when you see like a big buzz around, like around an independent project that's coming out, and then like everyone's like, oh yeah, shouts to the artist. The artist's so dope. That's so well, amazing music. I'm like, you guys know I spent more time with that project than the artist, right? You guys know I sat there and I mixed four to five versions of that record that you guys are praising and loving. I spent more time on this mm. piece of art as well. So me as a producer as well, I kind of, I know it sounds entitled, right? I know, I, I understand. I know, I know we're meant to be the hidden soldier. I know we're meant to be the quiet person in the back that basically ha does all the work, gets none of the praise or the love. And just like, basically we're walking by anonymously and no one cares about the things that we've done. Yeah. But that's cool in the first 10 years. But what about, what about when it gets past that, right? Yeah. What if it's like 20 years, 15 years, like how long am I, I going to sit man, here look, and just listen, act I think like your, your work speaks for itself. And I think, you know, stuff like people, when, when people don't mention, especially when it comes to production, I just think that, you know, it's, 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 it's lazy, but just, um, you know, because you touch on the push a T, there's a question here that came, uh, why did we feel that Mo flow, uh, obviously when they did the, you know, the, the record with push a T kind of didn't spy rocket from that you know again shout out to Hassan um I, again these questions question. that came through it is a good question in terms of like you know you 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 see or you're like wow push a t and again i just want to remind you guys that push a t came to seoul you guys had a lot to do with that as well in terms of the, the connection i believe and then when when i remember watching this man when push a t He's like, you know, Mo Flow. And he actually, you know, asked Mo Flow to come on stage. That moment was yeah. to perform that song. That moment was, I think, iconic. And I don't think a lot of people talk about it. But to go back to the question, do you feel that you could have benefited more from that move? If that's a question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 100%. What, did, 100%. You do, what did you do wrong? Or not wrong. What, what didn't you do to benefit? Like, you have to understand. It's like, what could I have done? Like after, and I'm being very honest at this moment, right? Let's talk about the industry and where it's at in the region. What would I do? Like, what are what is my next move here? Where sh do I go get a multi-million dollar uh, record deal? That doesn't well, exist. Before you answer that, did, did, did that song, did that project put a lot of new people to you guys in terms of knowing more about your work or no? I think it put on a lot of, so so again, like I think we've always, so interestingly enough, Mo has always been successful on streaming. Yeah. From the SoundCloud days, relatively, uh, excuse me, we've been always more successful on streaming. So I think that has always, so just for me to give you an idea what I mean when I say that, we've never done anything on streaming to understand why, but the first day we ever opened 
Spotify. When we figured out that Spotify has a back end for the artist to open and check it out, we found half a million streams on all the way. We never understood why, but that was really early on. That was before we worked with Spotify. So uh, our music is always done well on streaming. Um, to answer that specific question is that if we are in an industry right now, we're kind of like, and I don't want to come and say here like, oh, we're pushing forward and we're in the front line, but like we are kind of pushing forward and we are in the front line. We're doing things that maybe like only the OGs, OGs like Anarsi or Omar Afendim can speak to, but they are in a different geographical part of our world. Like Narsi is in Canada, Omar is in LA. Um, the artists that are from here, what is the next obvious move for us to do after we get a record with Push It See? Like there wasn't really a thing for us to do. We worked with Sony, we dropped an another project. We kept on pushing the only way we knew how. Like it's not like there was a move or maybe there was, but we missed on it. Mm. But there, like, I think in all people, honesty, I think generally this might answer a lot of people's question in terms of like, oh wow, this guy did this song with, you know, Pusha T. Halas, they expect when this guy would really kind of, you know, skyrocket from there. Skyrocket is again very, you know, relative. What do you mean by by that? What does that mean, Halas? And he's going to be doing sellout shows just because he did a record, you know, it could, it could, it could, but. Again, it's all about when the time is right for you as an artist. And yeah. I think that this, the things have not aligned right now for Mo, for him to get to the point where he can, where he can like basically go from there. And yeah. in all honesty, that question is a question that I have myself. And I ask myself a lot of the times and I go back and I replay the moves and the steps. And I feel like we've done everything that would have been in our power to make the situation better for Mo as mm -hmm. much as we could. But then again, we walk in into these situations and we are the weakest player in the room, unfortunately, because we're independent artists from the region. So there's a lot of like layers to it that you guys don't see that happens in the back rooms. It's not as clear cut a lot of the times. So Mo should have, in my opinion, it should have been a different phase for Mo after that. But unfortunately, let, let's just talk about it from an infrastructure point of view for the region. Uh. If we were anywhere else in the world, Mo would have went on a small tour to do 100, 200 people, venues around the, the place he's in or the region. That doesn't exist in our region. We couldn't go and do a mini tour in the region, right? We don't have bookings in Europe, so I can't Which go to exactly Europe. Which exactly brings me to the next thing, man. And again, this is really direct. It, you, you're saying that, but at the same time, I see a lot of Arab alternative artists doing tours. Yeah. So again, indeed. So you know the Aziz Malakas, the Cairo Key. These guys are selling Sharmufers. None of 10, them are. 000. None of them are rappers. See, this is what I was saying about the rap thing. Hey, North I've Africa, always known. Muslim, Muslim, for example. You know, North Africa is a different ball game. I agree, but but yeah. but in terms of your music, do you do you? The, the question that I want to ask is like, do you think your music as as the harmony guys, you know, in terms of like you know the Mo Flow, your yeah, music yeah. they produce, is it impacting culture? And this, this is something, again, our culture, I'm talking about our culture no. as... Mm. And that's me very, being very honest. No, it's not. Do you... And it's... Remember it, when you did that It's not intentional. Kind of, I'm sorry, doing guys. doing these remixes, Abdel Halim and Wardas. And I, I myself, I'm bustled. I feel very happy when I see this. But I want yeah, to I see know. this in your own records. Is that possible? No, because I can't clear the rights, Has. Because I'll have someone's estate and family coming after me to sue me for those rights. Like, I love the fans and I love what you guys stand for, but like the business in the back doesn't really help you to do these things. Mm. If I want to sample a George Rasouf right now, how am, I, how am I physically going to clear that sample for me to put, put it on stream? 
Like, I asked somebody as that question one time, and he said, uh, I don't know who it don't. was, man. He said, listen, when it gets famous, we'll deal with it. But right now, let's just drop it. <laughs> I know, right? So that's the way to go about it. So the thing is, like, yeah. that's what I'm worried about most. And like, the thing is, we know that the region is not welcoming because I think the time when we did it at was very critical. It was a shift. But now I feel like the region is a lot more welcoming to acts that are doing different languages. I feel like they're a bit more open. They're like, oh, like I see that a lot in, in music from from Majid, for example. Yeah. Back in the day, it was like, oh, yeah, Majid, uh, yeah, inter rapper, Saudi, talking English. And it was that in the beginning. And I've seen it with Hamza too. Talking Arabic, yeah, he's singing Arabic. Let's sing in English. I've seen it a lot in the beginning, yeah. and it transitioned slowly to. So I want to tell people, regardless of the language that I sing in, I'm from you guys. Like I'm your person. Yo. Yeah, but how I come are you from your land. that in your music? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm talking about my like everyday me, struggles. I'm here, I'm here. Let me give you an example. Eliana signed to Sal, uh, Salexo right now. She kind of yeah. blowing up here now. Why? Because she did yeah. a song with Masari and now she's singing. Yeah. But she's been doing her thing for a while. But now a lot of the yeah. local channels are kind of catching up to her now <laughs> because yeah. obviously she did a song with Masari. Masari is originally yeah. Japanese and now they're getting into it. But she's been doing her thing yeah. at least for, I don't know, a year or so. You know, so what I'm saying is that what caught people's attention is because she is doing this kind of very Western vibe, but Arabic and boom. Yeah. How, how is I mean, your music? relevant to the people here and again i'm asking this as a how is ja hold on hold on hold on how is drake's music relevant to the people here you are 100 right with this question i love you is for it? saying that no i just want to know i think i think it is but because he's western i'm talking mass i'm not talking people like us like our circle probably the people who may be tuning into this one i'm talking about the yeah. ma mass people you know the, the people that 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 you know they, they don't they don't care man i have a segment on nbc right And it says like once every three weeks. They don't care. They like the support, yeah. but they don't care. But if you give them someone like Sharmoufers, a Cairo key, they're doing Aziz Marata. Yeah, those are not my, like, look, I think I am very much about the smaller crowds and the niche or the niche or whatever. Like, mm. I don't want masks, bro. I'm cool. Because that sounds like a bunch of gimmicks has. Sounds like I'm gonna have to do a, a song where I'm gonna plug in a bunch of Arabic words just To, uh, to identify with a group for me to get those record sales. But will I be able, okay. Now, if that song blows up, most stuck with that song for the next 10 years, performing it on stages. Is it honest to him? No. Is that worth it? Yeah, that's a gimmick. I don't like, we don't like that. Like, I don't want to do something that's gimmicky. When Mo does something in Arabic, it's going to come out to be honest. It's going to be a real moment and it's going to be something that's artistically Wait, hold on, fulfilling hold on. to Win? him. When, when that is when? That happening? It will happen. It will happen. It has to happen, bro. Yeah. But when it happens, it has to be honest to oh. you because, yeah, because I love the I love people who are listening and tuning in. I want to see his reaction. You don't when, when he's hearing this. <laughs> no, no, we've had these discussions. Me and Mo are very much like we know exactly what we're gonna do next. But the idea is basically like. I, we have to live with our art. You don't have to. I have to play my song or Mo has to perform his song 40, 50, 100 times a year. So if I don't love these records, I'm not gonna just, I'm not gonna love what I do. And it's not gonna be the way we're gonna go about it. Like we're not gonna do something gimmicky for us to try to get to that point. Mm. We've always known this. There's a song that Mo has, it's called Slow Burn. Our career will forever be a slow burn. 
because we are consistent and we are we know what we want to do and we're going to keep doing it we're going to keep knocking on the same situation until it gets to the point so i'd rather have a slow burn that's consistent again we did a million streams last year we've dropped about four or five songs zero promotion zero nothing we were even surprised that means that we are we still drive consistency and people still come to listen to our music with or without the support of an outside entity mm. to push further into it. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, so there's a question that came in from Michelle. Shout out to Michelle. I recently dropped her. Uh, definitely EP. Go check it out for sure. She asked a very in an interesting question, actually. And you were re recently doing these quarantine sessions, right? Which is really... Yeah. We're living in a really crazy time. That's why we're doing these buckle up uh, lockdown. She said, what do you look for in two songs to be able to mash them together? And again, check out Michelle or listen to Michelle. So just I want to give a shout out to Michelle. Michelle just dropped her project. Uh a four track EP uh, that basically like we worked on together. And honestly, like her, and I was telling her this yesterday, I played that project again for some reason while I was working the other day. And it's an incredible project. Like it's, she's so good, man. Like, and it's not because I, I was on a production or anything, but it's just like, I was so proud of the, of the work that was done for this project. But to answer your question about the two songs mixing together, um, in all honesty, man, I'm like a mad scientist. Like, I don't really have a formula when I make music. <laughs> to this day, I have producers hitting me up and going like saturation and minus six dB and like attack compression release. And I'm like, I don't speak science. And I know it's so weird. And a lot of people look at me, but I'm like, yo, but I mix all the records. Go ahead. I mix and I mix I all the records and I do. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, this so, is happening, ladies and gentlemen, right now. Okay, my computer went nuts. This is me interviewing the guys, and it's just decided to play. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so basically, like, I don't really have a, a scientific process like other producers, where I'm, mm. not, I'm not like very. Uh, I'm all about how it feels here. Like my answer to all these questions, and again, it goes back to why don't we make music in a certain way? Blah blah. blah it's because if it feels right here, I'll do mm. it. And for yeah. me, like when I'm looking for two songs, I'm like kind of like, I'm like, a man, I'm like, I'm playing an acapella. I'm like, oh, that sounds dope. Oh, it'd be dope if I put Abdul Halim over here. Oh, cool. <laughs> Let me get that thing. It's very like, it's on the spot. And it's very like, I'm not very pre, I'm not very planned as a producer. So I like you, the spur of the moment. Yeah, it's okay. Um, again, this is, uh, I, I don't mean that in a, in, a, in a bad way, but this is just coming in. Obviously, uh, uh, there's a title on the on the Gulf, right? It's Mitrayan Bailuni, the mad scientist of the UAE music scene. Now, oh I'm... shit! Uh, oh, my bad, my bad, Bailuni. I love you, bro. <laughs> no, and this I mean, is one thing that I want to talk about. That go viral from of... this, but I mean, you know, a lot no, of people. No, but a lot of people hit me up and tell me like, "Oh, do you have an issue with Bailuni?" Yes. And like, <laughs> and then just this is go back. So a few days ago, Michelle's project came out. A blog went out and posted the thing, and. And they posted like a really beautiful review. Like it was actually a well-written review in terms of Sonics, right? True. And it just bothered me. For some reason, I didn't get bothered about anything else that went out, whether I was mentioned or not. But that one specifically, because it was talking about the Sonics and what it sounds like and all that. I'm like, yo, if you went this deep talking about the Sonics and the building and what it sounds like and like all that, I'm like, I feel like my name should be right here because I kind of helped build these things, right? Like I was there, I was second man type of situation. And I just kind of posted something publicly. I'm like, yo, 
it happens again and again. And this is not the first time where I'm involved in a project where my name gets emitted or someone tells me they're going to remove me from a Wikipedia entry or an artist drops a project and they don't tag me. Um, and it is just like, I'm like, and I'm not talking about the Michelle situation. Michelle, bless her heart. She's been so supportive. Like, yeah, we have a great working relationship. I'm not talking she about is. the Michelle things specifically. I got upset about the publication more than anything, True. but it was just the collective of the situation of guys, we are in a very small region, right? And we have a lot of artists, but we don't have enough producers. And if we don't create an, an ecosystem, and this is what they tell me. Yeah, but like Beyonce doesn't credit her artists. Well, let me tell you something, my guy. When you become Beyonce, don't credit me. Because you've paid me enough money for me to sit in back and like drive a Rolls or something around because you are Beyonce. But you're not Beyonce. You're independent, I'm independent. We're both small in this game. I'm not saying I'm bigger than you. I'm not saying you're bigger than me. I'm saying we're equally coming into this together. Whether you pay me as a producer or I work with you for the love. Yeah. We are coming in together to combine our forces to create something. So for people to look at the producer and go like, yeah, I made a song, check out my new single. It takes a second for you to say, go like, shout out to AY the producer, or shout out to Rayyan or Bailuni, yeah. or shout out to Don Fuego, or shout out to Saud, yeah. or shout out, like, we're not There's that many, many guys. Many producers. No, we're not many producers, Has. <laughs> we're more artists than producers. In terms of, and for yeah. the region, yeah. for the region to get better, we need more producers. Because you have to know something. Drake wasn't Drake without 40. Yes, 100%. There is no Drake without 40. There's no weekend without, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's always, there's no weekend without Belly writing records for, for the weekend in the back. Like, there's a lot of people involved in these situations that really bring things together. You know, and you have to understand those people are, are it's, as it's important. Zubda, yeah, it's Zubda. You, you and Beiluni have a good, I think, and a great relationship. Oh yeah, after I posted the thing where I went at the blog, I'm like, yo, like the producer should be credited. It's again happening in me where like, where people kind of like, don't credit me for stuff publicly. Beiluni yeah. called me and we had like a two hour conversation, but that oh, wow. wasn't the first time. Two hour time. conversation, wow. Yeah, I was just go talking about things. And he was telling me situations where mm. he was like, this has happened to me. And this Bailuni, like Bailuni has mass. Bailuni creates a lot of music with a lot of artists. Bailuni has, if you think I have a story, Bailuni probably has 10 times, like 10 different versions of my story mm. of situations where he feels like he was kind of like downplayed as a producer, right? But like, not to say that, like me and Bailuni have a really good relationship. And if anything, like, don't get me wrong. I'm competing with the guy. Yeah. I know that. I'm not stupid. But it's not like a competition. Just because I compete with someone, they're not my enemy. Like, me and him, we touch base often. We talk often. I'm cool with Don Fuego. I'm cool with Saud. You name a producer. What's up, Nile and Oman? I'm very cool with Nile. Um, Shout out to what's Mind up, Circus man. is my partner producer. Like, Mind me and Circus. Mind Circus produce everything together. I mean, together. speaking about Mind Circus, really, man. Do you think he's underrated? Mind Circus. Very underrated. Like very underrated. What is he doing? Like, man, shout out to Mind Circus, man. Like, you know, seriously. Mind Circus is probably he is he is a, he is a like honestly, Mind Circus is a genius. And that's the <laughs> only way I can explain what this man is. And he has the kindest heart in the world. It's just his circumstances, his situation, and I feel like sometimes he is not given the best uh, business situations mm. or opportunities, unfortunately. But, okay. but I'm, I'm, he's my guy. Like, I'm going to make sure that if anything happens, he's my guy. Like, I will take care of mind always. 
Imagine you're talking to mine circus and people like him, people who maybe haven't been dealt a good cards or whatever it is. No, like no, no, have. no, no. Mind circus is not like anybody. I would never put mind with anybody because mind is with me and mind's good. Like, don't worry, I got mine. Okay. Mine's good for life. You know what I mean? If I, I if I'm going anywhere, if I'm going anywhere, mine's with me. But if, but like anyone who's dealt a bad business situation and all right, one second. This is the one thing that I'm buckle up right here or live. <laughs> I met this one of the geniuses right here. You want to ask me Ahmed a question? Just in. Uh, Ahmed, Ahmed here. A-Y. A-Y. Okay, cool. Just give me like Ooh. about ten minutes. And <laughs> we're done. We're done, there. Ahmed. I promise. Yeah, ten minutes. All right. Ten minutes. Have five. <laughs> High five. He's trying. He's been trying to uh, whistle and getting into DJing uh, lately. But um, yeah, listen, man. I, I a lot of people. The only thing say- I want to say about before you go on, the only thing I want to say in our call with Bailuni, Bailuni gave me mm. said one thing to me, and he's he's wise. Like he's like, I think what you said was accurate. I think your choice of time was poor. Okay. Okay. You one know? second. The, the choice of time, because I think a lot of people might 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 say because she just Michelle just dropped. This the is EP. Michelle's moment, mm. and she's right, and he's right. And I called Michelle. I'm like, listen, like, I hope you know that this had nothing to do with you. This was just me how I felt at that moment, and we had like a really good conversation about it. And I think he was right. I'm not saying he's wrong, like, but the thing is, like, I'm not even justifying it. This is how I felt, and this is what I said at that moment. And if people want to take it the wrong way, and people want to say like, "Oh, this guy is difficult to work with," or Mm-mm-mm. cool, 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 cool. I hear you. Like, in all honesty, look, like, I think cool. in, in, in the man of Biniyat, I think at the end of the day, it's uh, you know, I know what your intentions are, man. And again, you're somebody. Um, I don't know. I think we've been doing this for an hour, man. And I think you, you, you. Uh, and I'm really, really glad that you gave me time to do this. Um, I just want to say that, you you know, this is you. Would you say, obviously, I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to ask you as a producer in terms of how you think your mind inside, what's the main difference from the from from project before and this is you in terms of a producer, technically? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Uh, so this is you was our first attempt to put together a full length. Okay. Before, see, before this is you, a lot of the songs had samples. Okay. So inspired, which was the project right before. There's a lot of singles in between, but um, the inspired, which is as a project, had a lot of samples. It had a lot of Lenny Kravitz. It had a lot of different like samples that we liked from records. Um, right after inspired, we started trying to create our own sounds without samples because we wanted to put our music out. Okay. Uh, this is you is our first attempt to create a hundred percent original music pieces, fully composed, produced from A to Z, mixed all the way through, recorded. Like this was our attempt to create a strong project, and it was our attempt to kind of play with different sounds and really figure out what most sounds like today. And it was all because of a song called "Lie to Me," Ooh. and that song did really well, and we love that song. But it wasn't part of the project, right? Uh, now, when you go to Faith, Faith is a cleaner, sharper, yeah. more radio-friendly project, in my yeah. opinion. Like, you don't hear a lot of... And it has a weird space in my heart. Faith has a really weird space in my heart because we in were in a way? very weird place in our life. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, when the project first was... When, when we made the project, first of all, we were going through a very hard stretch in our lives, right? We had a lot of things changing, a lot of personal things were going on on, on our side. Mo had the... So Mo had a surgery that we don't really speak about publicly, but it was like very hard on us. And 
things were really tough for us. Like we were figuring out things in our personal lives, survival, how we're gonna like maneuver in our in our life. And the only thing that we were hanging on was the faith that we were greater than the situation and we were going to do something. It's not a story in the album. It's not a deeper meaning where you hear the album and you go like, oh, this is... No, it's basically, it's we titled it, or Mo said, I want to call it Faith because that's the only thing that's keep that's keeping me hanging on. And that's true about Mo. Mo's faith is so strong in things. Like Mo said, at 25, if I do nothing great, I'm done with music. At 25, Mo collaborated with Pusha T. And he said that in his 21s, by the way. Like in his 20s, like if I don't do something great by 25, I'm done. 25, boom, push it, see. Mo, told, Mo, Mo said something to me last night of that meaning too. And I think he speaks really good things into the universe. And that's what faith was. Faith was us saying, hey, regardless of what's going on, we're going to put out the strongest project that we could. And I think it was a good project, right? It's not, it's not, the, it's not so near to my heart because the times were tough, but... It was our attempt to make something really strong, really polished, um, just bigger and better. We're always like bigger and better. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. I, I want to see if you remember the, the, this verse from uh, Mo Flo. I, I, you did that together uh, on, on the radio. Uh, Do me a solid and stop doing me. Did I rap? No, no. Yeah, I'm like, it's one of my favorite kind of lines. You know, you do me a solid and stop doing me favors. I love... I love that. I love that, you know, um, yeah. um, you know, you know, verse. And um, when you when you're with Mo in, in you know, in, in the studio, how much input do you ha- put in, in, in his songwriting? If uh, any, or it's only mainly production when, when you and Mo together. I don't write like oh, on the album, for example, I've had a few lines here and there where I inspired or some melodic runs here and they're like, oh, well, you should sing it this way. It'll sound better. Okay. Uh, so it's um, just a delivery. Recently. Yeah. But no, I've, yeah, I've written a line or two on times. Um, but recently my, my, my thing is not more about writing. My thing is about, no, no, no. I like what you did here. I love the delivery. I want to hear more of you. Like there's a song where he goes like, uh, he goes, he travels somewhere in the song and he like throws like a city name. I'm like, no, bro, you didn't go to that city recently. Where were you last? He's like, I was in Amman. I'm like, but Amman then. And don't say, um, don't say Amman, say Amman, bro. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to, mm. recently I've been like trying to tell him, bro, like sprinkle a little bit more of you and your life experiences into the music. like. Tell us about the things that like, I love when Mo goes like, I'm seeing visions of my of me on a billboard, on Sheikh Zayed Road on a billboard. Before he goes like on Hot 97, yeah. which is New York on a Hot 97, right? Like, I, I want that. Like, I want Mo to kind of like tell more of his personal sideline story of the things that are going on. Because I want someone to be like, all right, cool, he's not rapping in Arabic, but oh, I know where Sheikh Zayed is. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. this guy's from here. Like, I think there's a way around it where it's there also is, intelligent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you he still mention it, it in a way that is as if, like, sorry, with all due respect, like a fat Joe mentioning it, you know? He, he said it no. in a way that really is authentic. It's my dream, because I know, I'm pretty sure that fat Joe doesn't want to see himself on a Sheikh Zayed billboard. He doesn't care. <laughs> he, lives in, he lives in the States. He wants to see himself on, on some, like, New York billboard. But for us, it's a dream for us to see a billboard of ourselves. Mind you, Mo has had billboard of himself all over the States on Hollywood and all that stuff. There was massive billboards of Mo and Push It See, like literally yeah. Mo's face, and we have yeah. pictures of it. But 
we still want to get the love here. Mm. You know what I mean? It still Why means something you? to us. For us are to you come. getting love here? Yes or no? From it's not hate. Like I'll be honest. Like we have a great relationship. In all honesty, we have a great relationship with everyone around yeah. us. Like yeah. we don't. I, I I'd like to believe because we mean no harm. I swear to God. Like I. I oh, think man, a lot you, of people you don't have are to say that. Of course, no, I hear no, you. No, no, but a lot of the times people take competition in the wrong way. Competition is no, not. The question is, I think let, let's shift it. Do you think artists are ready for competition here? Are they ready? Oh, and oh, and yeah, I think you're going to resonate to this a lot. I've been doing this thing for quite some time since 2007 till now, and recently for the past couple of years, I'm really kind of ready to say to people who ask me about their song, "Your song is trash," and you know how Amazing. big that is for me. You know, I don't know what what happened, but I'm ready. But I don't think the artists are ready. And that no, happened with not. a couple of artists that I tried with. They unfollowed me, unblocked me, you know, called me nothing uh, nice. And it happened. I wanted to see how it is with, 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 with some artists that I really think their music is not cool. And then I realized, obviously, and I was telling this to Mo, I realized that some people put me, put me so much in their kind of uh, dreams or whatever you want to call it. And this is where a guy like Black B seven years ago, six years ago, rapped about and said, "All you guys' dreams are less hip hop. My dreams are bigger than that." And I think that is. I really love that. Cool. Love it. I kind of hosted him after he said that, like, and I, I'm put in a position where I get messages saying, "Yo, I started rapping because of you." Now, how do you tell this person, like, you know, you can't just be Charlemagne the God on? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but but like again, like I look at you more like an Ebro than Charlemagne. First of all, sorry, come again. I, I look at you more like an Ebro. Like I see you like Ebro more than yeah. a shot. Because Ebro- oh, That's an honor, man. Yeah, that's like- <laughs> Ebro is harsh. Like Ebro, if he doesn't like something you do, he'll go like, for those who don't know, Ebro is basically the program director in, in, in Hot 97 New York, which is the most legendary hip hop station. Yeah. And he also has his own show and he's also on Beats One. So- yeah, Beats One, um, Apple, man, yeah, big up. I think it's it's the way that you do it. I think there's an approach to it where you have, I, bro, trust me, I get a lot of music in my inbox. Like I get a shit ton of music, like honestly. And I take the time to listen to it. And sometimes I find myself writing paragraphs. Wow. Really? You know, I, I'm like, yo, I really like this. I don't like the choice of the kick. I wish you said this here. I mm. blah, blah. Like, ah. But see, you guys bro, as, as songwriters, elders, producers, no, no. you can have the right. I'm, I'm at you can also, you to, can also, bro. Like I said, when I listen to a tra- like, let me go, man. What is like, like, if if you haven't listened to Let Me Go, I know from from the guys who recently got to know Mo, man, this is an amazing record. This was really done back. So look, I, I come in. I as just want to say, bro, I you, but Has, you're not a fan anymore. Technically, I don't understand production. Like, I don't get it. You're not supposed to get it, but you understand emotion. Yes. You understand how things do to you in terms of like. So I think you can always give someone an advice. And I think the position we're put in right now is that we have to honor the position we're in. Because if people are sending me something, I'm honored when someone is like, yo, what do you think of my song? I'm like, first of all, let me just say, I'm honored that you care about how I, th- what I think yo, about big song. hundred percent, bro. But again, to answer the, to, to go back to the question, do you think artists are ready for competition here? Like if you, 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 you and Beiruni, a lot of the names, you know, these are the two names that kind of really, uh, um, uh, uh, Artists. Yo, Bailuni, I'm coming for you, fam. Bailuni, I'm coming for you, fam. You heard it right here. I'm coming, for, I'm coming for that number one spot, you know? Versus, right, um, versus Serious Arabia. No, I'm just... I, um, I think if this ever happened here, I think you and Bailuni actually have a really cool, you know, sort of... Um, it'd be too catalog. friendly. It'd be too friendly. You need a little bit of like... A, 
give a little animosity, you know, like me and Bedou would be like, hey, bro, hey, bro. Oh my God, I love the song, man. No, no, we need a little bit of like shit talking, you know? It you're can't both, be all you're nice. You're both like, also Syrian, mashallah. So yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. yeah. But like, but do you think artists think are ready artists, for competition? I think we are in the era of love, in all honesty, from what I'm seeing around. We are in the era of love and harmony and no pun intended, but nice plug. we're in, in that era where everyone is basically has a good relationship with everybody and everyone is kind of bigging up everybody. But here's here's what I think. I think there's a lot of underlying tension in the background where people are not. The reason why I stay away is because I think it's a ticking time bomb. Oof. Artists are emotional. <laughs> Artists are emotional, right? Okay. And there's gonna be it's gonna be a situation where someone's gonna blow up on someone, and it's gonna be I, I don't wanna I don't wanna catch some strays because I got Majid and Mo, and honestly, you don't wanna do that, bro. Like I don't even need to rap. I'll just have them write my verse for me. But um, what I'm saying is basically I don't wanna be involved in it. I, for me, I like the positive vibes. To be honest, again, I think the way you look at competition is one thing, and the way I look at competition is one thing. I compete with Saud. I compete with Bailuni. I compete with all these guys, but at the same time, I love them and I have a good relationship with them. Yeah. So one doesn't have to do with the other. I don't think animosity and competition is another thing. I think they are ready to compete with each other. And I think they are secretly competing with each other because they all look at each other and go like, I want to be better than you. And it's not a bad thing for you. Like the other day someone asked, um, and I hate that, and it's a bad example. Like someone asked Russ, like, why do you say all these things about yourself? And he was like, because I fuck with myself. Yeah. I like who I am. I think I'm great. I think I'm the best. What do you want me to think? I'm not the best. And that's and I truly believe that every artist deep, deep inside feels that way and thinks that way. About well, that's even if they're still if they trying. I think it takes time for an artist to feel that way. If they do feel that way, Yo, they pick them up. If they agreed with you, when you say you're trash and if they agreed with you, then you wouldn't have been hurt. I hear you. Because they think they're really good and they see their potential as a person. Yeah, you know, you, uh, I just they don't have the patience. Yeah, you've always said in a couple of uh, you know radio interviews that we've done, uh, consistency over hunger. You still believe that? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because a person who's hungry can't be consistent. They'll take anything. You give <laughs> a person anything, who's they'll hungry. Take anything. They, yeah, but it depends what kind of hunger they have. By hunger, I'm talking passion. So you're talking consistency over N hunger. Hunger is hunger is not strategic. Hunger is all over the place. Hunger is like you're scraping for, for something to eat because yes. you want to, like, you're hungry. Is that important? Consistency. It, it is. It is at some point. It's always okay. important. A mix of both is important, but consistency is strategic. Mm. Consistency is a science. Consistency is you sitting there going, like, all right, cool. I want to have a plan. I want to drop music for the next 12 months. I want to drop a song every two weeks. All right, so I need this many songs. So I need this many beats. So I need to be writing at the consistency of. So my marketing and rollout plan should be one. That's consistency. Hunger is like, yo, I'm hungry. I'm going to drop a song today. And that shit dies out. It goes in the comments. Because hunger is like, it's all, it's highs and lows, right? You're hungry, you're not hungry. You're hungry, you're not hungry. Yeah. Consistency is you're consistent. You have a plan. You're working with the plan to deliver. Your hunger is your driving force. Your consistency is your plan. Wow. I mean, one of yeah. the best things about Buckle Up is really, I don't I don't prepare a lot. I mean, I just had to just, you know, fact check a couple of things because you guys have been doing it for quite some time and I know you from Jeddah. And, and I have a, a voice clip of me saying, that was in 2013, 
of me saying, I remember Mo Flo getting out of school, gray pants, white shirt, going to Mead to, to, to get Luzine or something like that. Was, you know, and it was just really uh, amazing. And every time I introduced him on stage, I had the honor to do so. Uh, it brings me great, great, really honor. Um, the best beat you ever produced, AY. Ooh. Look at that face. That's such a hard question, bro. I know That's it's hard. That's such a hard question. It is hard. But I mean, in your opinion, or maybe you can take I it really as a like that didn't take its uh yeah, any its success rightfully i i don't know i like all my beats i fuck with myself but uh okay but the ones that really like really like call me off guard is like a do you wrong for example i really like that beat because i didn't think that mo was gonna do that with that beat why i didn't think it was i just didn't think it was the right tempo i didn't think it had that run like i didn't think it had that power and does he surprise you sometimes more in the booth? Like he does something like, whoa, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, because I don't record more if anybody knows. Like I'm not in the same room sometimes with more recording. More records and then I come and I come and I hear records later on. So we work in we work in isolation. We work together and then when he's working on writing the record, a lot of the times I leave the room and I give him the space. Is that how you think. work with the other artists or only Mo like that? Mo and Majid both have their process. So Majid works in isolation a lot of the times too, because Majid likes to record a lot. So except when he knows what he wants, like for the for the sand for the last for the last record from the yeah. sand, he had the concept. He's like, I want to do some like, I want to do some Arabic shit. Like, I want to I want to I want to speak that I want to talk that talk, but I want to like do a bunch of references about the Middle East. Like, mm. we, you know, from the city where we say Bipsy, not Pepsi. Yeah. Like, he wanted to do a bunch of those. And he's like, I want the beat to go like blah, blah. And then, like, Majid's usually really difficult to work with because he turns me, like, I give him a beat. He goes like, yeah, it's not it yet, though. Like, try one more time. Challenge like, Try one like, more time. Yeah. He challenges me a lot. And, uh, and then for that beat, like, I literally did it. He got it. He's like, that's it, dog. That's the beat. I'm like, for real? He's like, yeah, that's done. And he like finished the song so fast because so I, I really you, like that mm, one. In, in terms of other artists, how, how how is the process like? And again, um, would you? How do I ask this question? Uh, in in when you work with Majid, when Jeed, with with Mo Flow, with uh, maybe yeah. also and Adam Nabil, people who are in you know obviously with the, the harmony. Do you work with the same kind of intensity when you have somebody else coming in outside that circle? And be honest like yeah. in terms of giving giving knowledge and giving critique. Same. I was having the same conversation with Bailuni. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the same thing, the level of intensity, and that's why I decided to pull back a little bit more this year. Where I want to do less. Mm. I want to work with less artists because I want to. A, I want to be super passionate about the projects that I get involved in in 2020 okay uh, and B, I want to be I want to be placed in a position where the artists came for me to produce them mm. they're not looking you know what I mean like they came because oh I know Aham or AY got that thing that I need and I know he can turn it around that position alone puts you in a place where you can tell the artist I don't like how you did that verse it's all so, about where people place you you know what I mean if someone comes to you in a position where they're just like, oh, you're a paid producer. 
that's cool. I don't want that. I'll pass on the money. Like I've made, I've made a firm decision that I'm cool with that. Like I want to be put in a position where like Michelle allowed me to be great. That's why you have the project. Michelle allowed me and believed in what I was doing because she helped me understand her. And when someone does that to me, when someone does me that, I'm able to deliver something great. Yeah, but just a quick backstory, um, just quickly, you know, obviously D3 Unplugged, this is how we all know about Michelle. You guys gave her a chance to get on the stage, obviously, and that's really- Honestly, honestly, Has you no, tend to take yourself out of the story. All of us collectively, including you, were involved yeah. in that decision. I mean, bless you, man. So, but in it, all it's, honesty, we're gonna do this because you're there. going, you're gonna write yourself out of history. But like, obviously, Mich we did a competition. Mm. We said send out some music clips of you singing, and Michelle was one of them. And we all collectively we said, all, like, yeah. she's incredible. Well, Put her on stage. I, I think what I'm trying to say is this, and I think, again, you know, I love Michelle. I love how she is. I love the fact that, you know, we gave her that, you know, D3 was that kind of, you know, push, because sometimes that's all you need. Um, two yeah. questions here. And um, why don't we have more female uh, artists? And again, when I say more, how do I say this in a way not to really make anyone annoyed? Um, I'm, I'm a huge, huge, huge kind of activist when it comes to supporting. I just did a whole online festival to my Saudi sister. 15 female artists came and performed live on Instagram. So I'm coming in on good intentions. I just feel that if you, in the male section, you have a guy like Abri, right? Who is yeah. the female of a- Layla Kardan. Layla Kardan, okay. I'll give, I'll give you names. I'll give you tons of names right now. No, there's a lot of amazing artists, whether it's the you know the Shaybanis, you know the, the the you know, there's a lot of artists, of course, incredible people, and and, and but you would say that Leila Kardan is that veteran. Yeah, definitely, mm. and not because Leila is my dear friend. Leila is incredible, mm. but like I, I, I personally, I, I do think. Look, a couple of things about Leila. I really think that she's kind of underrated in a way of because of maybe she's not releasing a lot of original music and her, she has a lot of, I'm sure a lot of original music, but I don't know, they're not out or something. Her live performances is an, is an experience. She's amazing. She's, yeah. she's well-rounded as an artist. She really knows her sound. She's, she is a grown uh, person who has a lot of incredible energy and you can feel it in her music. And it's been that way, by the way. Leila has been incredible. I've known Leila for a really long time. So it's yeah. been that way with her for a very long time. And a really, a really interesting part is that the next project that Ada's dropping, I've had a, I've had a decent hand in producing. Like I produced maybe two or three of the songs that are coming out. And Leila's incredible. Like I love working with her. She's such an she's such an energy. And I, I've wanted to work with Leila for a really long time and I've known her for a really long time. But that's a that's a person. Yeah. You have Sarah you have Sarah Shebani. She's incredible. Uh, EKA, you have, have Sarah Trouble. There's many, really, if we're going to get She's into She's incredible. Behavior. But I, again, yeah. my question yeah. was, when you speak Abri, right, you speak whoa, years of experience, you speak a lot of, and there's also a couple of other names, but the, the name that comes to my mind right now is definitely Abri in terms of the well-rounded, the experience, the, the legendary status. Alex. Shout out to Alex. And I think, yeah, Alex. So uh, well-rounded. She's a musician. Yeah. Um, uh, she um, is. Uh, Alexander Kristich is, is one of the most uh, musicians, people, incredible. Um, yeah. I think, Alex, yeah. And she's think so Alex, nice to be around. Like, I've worked with her on maybe like one song. And like, 
she's so much she's so nice to be around she and she really knows her stuff too yeah so i think Alex no, 100%. is really incredible there's a I lot think what of I'm trying female to say artists is that you know you 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 feel like okay there's a lot of incredible talent in terms of men talent female you know i'm talking there's a lot mm. i just think that sometimes there isn't that one or two that you can give them a, an authoritative figure if that if that makes any any yeah. sense like like okay yeah. like like if i if i'm speaking in bahrain right for example i would really think of a, of a sara nabil right like sara nabil yeah. and sara's a producer producer but i'm talking as a female had to figure in terms of like an art you you think that wow you know she's really been around she knows her things she's really well connected you know yeah. she she's been under you know obviously Allo productions i think you know I, i just feel sometimes that we have there's a lot of nice things going on and there's a lot of i want more competition how do you them i want more competition between male females i want that not anger but i want hunger i want people I don't want the same yeah. kind of people to show up to events and this is what I want to talk to you about. I see the same faces man coming to the same events. How do we change yeah. that? I think that's a very complex question about an ecosystem that's non-existent sometimes and the kind of music that we do because and I'll tell you why because we see the same people because of the genre or the circle that we work around but Let's say a Mashur Layla comes and performs, you're going to see a whole different segment of people show up. Let's say a Narsi comes and performs, you're going to see a whole different circle of people show up. It's just, I feel like there's a lot of different segments and it's so segmented at this point that it's crazy. So the reason why the same circle shows up when we do things or you do things or whatever is because we, we are not uh, transcending to speak to everybody in some way, shape or form. And it's not really catching. But see, okay, again, this circle. is where I come in from that. If you look at the Sudanese community, okay? I want to talk Sudan. Yeah. They show up, they support, they come in numbers. There is something about Sudan that is just, that's what I think we're missing. And I really want us to look up to Sudan and how they do things in terms of, man, in terms of numbers. Like, you know, they, they come in and again, not not a lot of them have like you know into big numbers they just come in in quantity it's crazy yeah. i posted a spitter lockdown challenge done by a sudanese rapper her name is ranoush on twitter her post got 40,000 tweets mine got 5,000 and they're all from from twitter fans from sudan i, I really just want to take this opportunity to say i wish we look up to that you know there, and there are mm. people not not everyone that retweeted her she knows <laughs> it's just sudan yeah of course sudan as a country is behind people, this but... artist or or whatever i don't think that we have that here man because of this third culture kid that we have mafi you know yeah how many serious think... fans you really have as mo flow not many so, because he's not maybe talking to him but if you talk to bukur thum majority of his fans are syrians like you know sudan that's that's true you know so that's true because he's so it's, again you don't difference. blame you never blame the fans i don't think you blame the fans in the situation again like if if a bukatum comes in and he's able to do it then it exists we just haven't been able to tap into it the right way oh yeah you that know? i agree with so, and i think this is where but, but this is where you're I, able to do I, it. but also like the whole you have to understand like where mo grew up and where he came from and the different region regions that he's been able to to live in and stuff also creates a really third culture in you that it's very hard for you to break sometimes and it's just that's your comfort it becomes your comfort zone unfortunately and 
Recently, we've been seeing a lot of nationalism in music where, oh yeah, this guy's from there, so I'll support him. This guy, this guy, oh, oh, you grew up here, but you're not from here. Yeah, cut the mic, yo. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's like, it's sad, but the thing is, I, I know what you're saying, but you have to know that the direction that where things are headed into, it's never going to play to man, our look, advantage. I'll, 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 keep it, I'll keep it 100 with you, man. I'll keep it 100% real. I think there's a lot of hypocrisy because again, there's a lot of examples of people in the West doing it and they're like, you know, whatever. But because the West lacks, loves Eliana, okay? But Eliana also has a lot of fans from Palestine where she's originally from. You got a guy like, for example, I don't know, over, like, I don't know, over here who's like Syrian, Lebanese, Palestinian, but doing English music, they don't connect to the Palestinians because, you know, maybe this is not what the connection. And you need to find third culture kids in Palestine or Palestine to connect. It's such a tricky thing. And that's why I'm telling you, she did a song with Masadi and all of, all of a sudden, NBC is calling, you know, yo, where is she from? Did you know about this? You, you got a message by the producer of NBC. Did you know about Eliana? Like, bro, I know about Eliana a couple of years ago. Now you guys caught up to her because she did a song with Masai, Masai. And all of a sudden, you know, yeah, oh, wow. But, you know, like she's, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, you, 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 you talked about something important you didn't tap into, but there's so many people that go through every single song that Mo sings on. I feel it, bro. And I'm turning 40 again. So I, I connect yeah. with that. And I just don't understand. What is it? The, the fan base is not big enough. And we were talking like this. The fan base, the nationalism, like, look, every artist always breaks with a fan base from where they're from. That's why Jay-Z till today goes like, is Brooklyn in the house till today? There's a reason. There's a fan base from your city or your town or your group of people from where you came from that if initially says, this guy is a star. And then when you leave that place to go to do whatever's next, that is your propeller. But for us, because we've lived in so many different places that we're not from national nationality-wise. Like, I mean, we grew up in Saudi and Jeddah is home, but we're not from Saudi. We most spent his entire life in Saudi. Yeah. How you tell a kid like that, that he's not Saudi? He's not Saudi though. His passport I mean, is technically, Syrian. yeah, technically, but he, he he's knows not Saudi. the Saudi culture. So, yeah. He knows the Saudi culture, but he is not well, he's not like basically supported. Like, like think about it. If Mulham had a Saudi passport today, where is Mo? Oh, yeah. And that's a very intriguing question to me. And maybe we might have to cut the segment out. But if Mo had a different passport or a different nationality today, just Honestly, if you if you know Mo and you know the caliber of artists and if you're a listener too, just imagine with me where could that have went? Yeah, yeah. You know, but I it mean, the same question can be the same question can be asked on a guy like Bukur Thum who's already doing shows, but because of the passport and he is considered a, a refugee in, in 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 Holland. I don't think. Look, look man, I, I again, yeah, you're right. I could be I could be completely wrong. You're right. I just I think, think I am to end this kind of thing. I just think that. It's so hypocritical. That's what I'm saying. It's not the fans. Yeah. I just think people are, they have a lot of hypocrisy because you said it. Why do I listen to a, a Drake? Because Drake is from there and I can't listen to one of our own. 
right? And it's so kind of like, for weird. example, like I'll be very honest pre Cairo, pre Cairo is incredible. For example, well, like, Mia, for me, but man, listen, I was at the Black Show, right? New Jeed, you know, you guys were there. Mo Flow opened for, you know, shout out to Danny Level. I believe he also made that connection. Yeah, that Danny, Danny put the whole play together. Yeah, big up, big up, salute. So. When, when I was there, was standing like in, in, up, I could hear people saying, yeah, where's Black? Get these guys off. This will more float, like, you know, like they're they're from here. It was actually Majid. Majid was performing. Majid. Not, not more. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Sah, Jid. And yeah. you can hear people saying, you know, like that. And and that... But that, that would have that, that happened to any up-and-coming artist, Has. It would have no, happened in the States you, if someone's performing that's what before I'm saying, Black Matthew, was unknown. Matthew, his, uh, you're telling me, this would never happen in a country like Sudan. I'm telling you from now. There's no way. If people know that this guy is Sudanese opening up in Sudan, you know, like Jeed is like Alibi and he's opening for one of the best, you know, performers, sing singers, you know, like incredible. So, so show, show, and, and mm, it will never, I think, happen. It will never break until this sense of, you know. Until we have a star from the region, I'll be honest with you. I think until we have a star in the region, it's like a startup. Unless we, un, until we have one guy or one artist that really breaks from the region, who's from the region, yeah, like Arabi, then we will have it. It happened to Nigeria and Africa, by the way. Yeah, where I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not very knowledgeable about that part. But um, at, when we have one guy break really hard from this region, it will change the perception for everybody because everyone will go like, "Oh, he might be next. Yeah, we should support him." So we look like we're early on and we got this guy's back because he's from yeah. here. And yeah. when we start having these kind of things, it will break a lot of barriers for a lot of kids. And look, man, I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm going to go on the record and say it like, I really think Mo Flo definitely is that artist. But when people ask me and I get a lot of that question, if you want to name one name out of this region in terms of like, you know, putting it out there. And I know I'm putting myself on blast here. I would definitely say a guy mm. like Abri, right? Like Abri is... An incredible guy in terms incredible. of performers, yeah. In terms, in terms of his experience, you know, the guy opened up for Shade, and he was like, "It's not about that. His his work ethic and his, you know, it's just because yeah. he he's the name." But if you're I talking, mean, you never know. Also, it could be, it could be, it could be pre, it could be freak, it could be Robin. Yeah, but see it could again, be like see, but these names that you're mentioning right now, there's some, there, there's a difference here. Freak breaks all that. Freak is already connected because he's doing Arabic. He is already Freak does this thing where he is madly connected. Freak, I had a very, very important, um, you know, um, teacher in the States that I will also rename Nameless that is connected to OVO and many other also affiliates. Write to me about Freak, telling me who's this guy. What, what, what they didn't write, they didn't talk to me about any others. Although in that place where they saw Freak, they saw Mo, they saw others, but Freak yeah. got the attention because, like, oh, what is it, Somali? He's in the UAE. What kind of music? What is he saying here? Has tell me what he's saying here. And 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 again, it's impact, bro. You know, for, yeah, uh, of course. Nas is a businessman. Nas just launched Mass Appeal India, signed Divine, who doesn't even speak two three words of English, and Raja Kumari as as artist of Mass Appeal, which is Nas, one of the greatest poets, definitely top three, uh, you know, rapper yeah. opinion all time. And it was like he he got a, he got an Indian rapper. So again, the question yeah. is, bro, we're not going to get there unless we really put our identity. And the problem is, like we discussed it, it's not a bad thing. It's confusion. 
الثيرد كلتشر كيدز طبعا انا انا يو نو ربيت في السعوديه جرو اب ان سعودي ام هير اي سبيك انجلش اتس سو كونفيوزنج انا unless you do it the names that you mentioned are all incredible names a freak breaks all that he's does arabic you know yeah he, he does arabic and he does it well does it, it well it sounds good yeah so you know what i mean so it's also Bukathu, flow, he does arabic flow sounds good robin sounds good you know all these yeah. guys that you mentioned you know um i think alexander kristich like you said there's so much talent you know there's so much knowledge in the music i'm not talking about the talent for saudi like if i go to jeddah right now i can name like 20 artists that are incredible oh man there's many talent. there's so much many incredible talent, talent for bro Saudia. this girl called Rada, man i am uh, you know like i'm loving the voices that are coming out of saudi arabia just incredible nora I'm, 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 I'm again, I'm going to go on the record. I do think that because they're from Saudi and they don't show their faces a lot and they do a lot of cover music, some original here and there, they're, they're not really talked about. But man, Rada? Rada but they're putting music. in their work. There's, they're, they're, they're putting in their work. Yeah. They're putting in their work. And now, and now is their time, honestly. And now people are paying attention. So things are about to change. So the thing is, like, if people remain consistent, they're about to go off from here at this point, to be honest. And honestly, it's a game of luck. There's a lot of luck that plays into music, us. And we don't, we don't, we don't, uh, I know people, like, I, I know I don't really like the whole luck, but it, there is a big role in mm. where you are at the right time and the right moment type of situation and if things work out for you. So... I don't have an answer and I'm still in the journey. So, yeah. so are you, so is Freak, so we're, is Mo, I think so we're is Majid. We're all and, figuring it out. And as again, man, it's been like, uh, I think uh, an hour plus Two hours? right now. Yeah, man, bless okay. you, listen. I think, let's, uh, first let's of all, thank you for your Haas, time, man. Has is a busy man. I want to thank you for your time, bro. Because again, this is, this is again, a, a long time overdue to, I want to say like throughout the show, we're doing this obviously. And we're, we're both very passionate and, you know, not because we didn't mention a couple of names or whatever, because again, at the end of the day, I think everyone, oh, no. UAE, Saudi, Bahrain, there's music coming out of Lebanon. I told you yesterday. Yo, please guys, st- stop being mad at Haas, guys, please <laughs> give, give the guy, give, give the guy no, no, I'm, I'm, like look, a break, I'm man. He's been here Hatta. doing it for so long. Just, Give Just him, yes. he's been in Saudi doing it for so long. Give him a break. He's not supposed, he, he's not a microphone and he's not a, يعني, يعني billboard. And he likes something sometimes, doesn't like something sometimes. Not every time he goes on an interview and he list. ويذكر كل أحد بالأسماء alphabetically من A to Z عشان ما حد يزعل يقول to be fair you and mo flow and and Jeet, exactly these three people you've been very vocal to me about sounding and out my my opinion and i don't think i would have had this discussion with ennis because remember we talked yesterday a little bit and we talked about ennis and it was like yo that's inspired i hit him up and we really had an hour back and forth on dms it was crazy and that led to actually me accepting the new Anas uh, Arabi Kabi and actually understanding a little bit, you know, which led to a yeah. couple of uh, posts that I did on Instagram. So I think it was more of a really cool thing. So again, um, I, what people don't know, man, is that you and Mo really inspire me a lot. Also, Jeed, yeah, he doesn't know that, but I always tell him that. I know uh, every one of you guys is diverse. I, I love what you guys are doing in terms of um, the, the, the harmony. I love how you and your brother always have that relationship your brothers man like Anna my brother is Ghassan I would die for him in a second right in a second JYD I mean GNH on the court all day but you have a also a working relationship like you work together and I think that is yeah. one of the most amazing beautiful things to see and people I think undermine that they see like AY and Mo but yeah you're family like you know and here I want to take this opportunity to shout out your parents bro 
Your parents were yeah. there. I was there. They were front row when Mo Flo was in Seoul. The front yeah. row, I took that footage. They were, yeah. your mom was like emotional. Your dad was there. How important are they in your harmony kind of, you know? Um, they're, they're where the harmony comes from, bro. <laughs> they are very harmonious people and they're hardworking uh, parents. Did they ever critique your music? My dad does. He goes like, yo, you should have had Mo do this. Or what about if he does this? And he sends me some songs here and there. But obviously they don't understand hip hop that much because they come from a different era and they listen to different things. But it's because they love us as their kids. They listen to it and they come and like recite some songs and like they love like like my dad loves speaking crazy, which is weird, which is insane to me. Like it's like it's like a really dark song, but they really like that. He likes that song, or they like Purple Flowers. Purple Flowers, man. Purple like Flowers is, is, is everybody's favorite song. Tub, listen, we're approaching yeah. the the end of our ride. I want to know uh, April twenty fourth today, twenty twenty. We're we're going through really weird, crazy times with this pandemic. What are, can we expect in the next three four months from you? And why the hell does a Mo Flow have a lot of videos? Um, so there is a lot of music coming. There's a Mo project right around the corner. And we have a lot of visuals, by the way. And they're the best visuals we've ever made. What took so ever. much time to do that? Like, why? I don't know, man. It's just like, we've tried to make visuals, but it's never connected visually and aesthetically for us to really put together the right visuals. Um, but please repeat what really you just said. What does that mean? Yeah. Because okay. man, I, I've been in a situation where, yo, give us a music video for Mo. And there's only, I think, one Murphy. or two. <laughs> there's and we don't like them that much, I'll be honest. LA, the one that shut yeah. nicely with the car. I like that. The two free, yeah. And yeah. The, it's yeah. all right. <laughs> it's all right. Like, let's not lie to each other and say like, they're like Grammy nominated, like, like great Grammy, but videos. Man, they're cool. Visuals, you know? <laughs> visuals are expensive, house. Like, mm. they cost a lot. Like, for you to do a visual, you have to spend some money sometimes. And like... We go to we, we we try to pull some favors here and there, and we try to get the right people to do it. But most of the time, it's a hard like we know how to control our sound really well because we hold it near and dear to us, and we produce it all the way through. And we know how to make the sound sound really expensive and really good. With visuals, we haven't found our guy, like our mm. video guy, who's really gonna help take our vision and really create our sound, our visual aesthetic the right way for us. And every time we go to someone. All they say is, yeah, bro, cool, $20,000. I'm like, who do you think I am? Like, I'm not about to spend $20,000 on a video for sure, first of all. Because I don't have you say that, that kind of money. Mm -hmm. So in the next three, um, four months, what can we expect, at least from, from you as AY, production-wise? So, so here, here, here's the good news. Majid has a massive amount of music coming out. Like, the coming most out. amount of music we've seen. Oh. Yeah, yeah we, that's the most amount of music we've seen from Majid in a very long time. It's very cohesive, it's very strong, it's very aggressive, it's very storytelling. It's the Majid that we like. Oh. Um, and then we have a very different view of Mo, very strong, uh, very aggressive, almost rap-like, but melodic, but not as soft as Faith at all. It's very like Mo's back in his, like, oh. like come for me at this point, like, Pause, sorry, like basically, let's go. Like, kind of like Mo's, go, Mo's going really hard at yeah. this point. Okay. Uh, and then we have Adam Nabil taking the R&B route and the beautiful route. So we have Adam also with a 
a big chunk of music. Actually, Adam will be first to go probably because Adam's first project's already done. It's a three song EP uh, that's gonna come out very soon. On top of that, we have about two songs coming out from Michelle still right wow. now. And one of them is with Adam Nabil, by the way. It's a beautiful what? song. Wow. Yeah. So we have that. And then, yeah, man, like I have, yeah. a, we have, we have some really cool features with Mo as well that we're working it, on. Mm, I mean. uh, with the really cool artists too that we've talked about in this in this segment right now. Um, and then obviously as a producer, I've been working on creating producer products as well. So we've been releasing uh, sample packs, which are basically just layers for, and I, I, their idea starters for producers. And they've nice. been doing really well online. So that's been doing, that's really cool. So I have a lot, a lot more of those, and it's me, it's Adam Nabil. I'm working with uh, obviously Mind Circus, who's always like my partner in everything, uh, sonically. Um, Adam Nabil, and I have Nile working with me as well from Oman on some of these sample packs as well. So yeah, man. Do you think I mean, it's a lot of stuff? Do you think we will understand AY's mind? Like, will we ever understand what it is all about? I I don't think I'm complicated. I think I'm all about execution. Like, I don't like the middle ground. Like, I don't like sitting and having conversations and like getting to know people and me. Like, Watch I like two to- Two hour work. conversation. I would say that's a breaker right there. But it's about work. Yeah. It's about work. It's about shit that I'm like, I'm passionate about. Like, I like working. Like, that's what I'm about. Like, I, I'm just, I like to work. I like to execute Well, man, ideas. listen, I, I, I wish you all the best, man. Again, I've known you for quite some time and I think this was really way overdue in terms of you've been very supportive of me, especially you, A. Um, you've been very vocal like about supporting me personally ever since, you know, I remember when I launched the radio show, you were really, wow, uh, you know, really happy for me. Uh, AY, guys, get if you're still tuning in, which is amazing, um, AY launched, um, helped me launch kind of my first radio segment um, back in Saudi. He recorded it. Uh, in his house, I remember, and uh, in all honesty, in mm. all honesty, I didn't think you would go for that long, huh? Like, and I don't mean it in a bad way. Like, well, I think I am, like, I think it would have been a thing that you started, yeah. and I didn't know if you would see it through. A lot of people far. didn't, bro. I'm That's proud why. of. I'm proud of the fact that you are so yeah. consistent and so hardworking, and you're still here. Like, yeah. people who know Has or who who know part of his story know that has 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 had a lot of struggles along the way and it's been really hard for him to break the barriers especially in saudi like the 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 the, the challenge you took on in saudi is a challenge that none of us wanted to get involved in we're all like yo this is has's problem now like we're not gonna touch it so i respect the fact that you saw it through even though it must have been really heartbreaking at times and i know that it ha yeah. personally i know yeah. that it has been for yeah. you bless so i don't i yeah Thank you, man. Well, thanks a lot. And again, uh, sorry it took much of your time. It's actually the, the first day of Ramadan. <laughs> just after yeah. after Iftar, we just really kind of chopped it up. And uh, uh, big up to you, man. May Allah bless you. May Allah bless that, you know, unity you have, especially with Mo, man, as a brother. And, and Harmony, you guys are doing incredible work. I keep saying that. Um, may God bless the family. May God protect you. Uh, friends, family, people who know AY. Uh, and and you're you're somebody that we should celebrate, and this is why we're doing this. It's a celebration of AY. Um, 
you know, a lot of people talk about the people who dunk the ball, not pass the ball and passers are imported. And again, this is so cliche and naive, but I'll say it. When I used to listen to basketball uh, games on Lebanese TV, because Lebanon was the best kind of uh, league in Arabia, people always talk about the guy who dunked. What a great dunk by Fadel Khatib. Ali passed him the ball. In the NBA, bro, it's totally different game. Like what an amazing pass by boot to Kevin Durant who dunked the ball. See the difference? Yeah. Like it, it is about that. I know it's very cliche, but we don't think about it. But it's that. very true. Yeah. It's very true. We don't think about the passer, the facilitator, the people who make other people better. Everyone yeah. that knows basketball, they would tell you Michael Jordan's greatness is how he made a Luke Longley better, <laughs> who is not yeah. known <laughs> being a center. Okay. How yeah. Michael Jordan made me made, made him better. And I relate to that a lot because there was a guy, his name is Omar Turk. shout out to him. He was the point guard for Lebanon team. And I had my Timbaland on, I had my Afro on. I didn't know anything about basketball. I was in high school, studied last year in, 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 in Lebanon, Shoifa, graduated from there. He told me, yo, big guy, come in. I'm like, yo, you're big, come in. Stand in there in the middle of the, here, just stand there, I'll give you the ball. Man, I was wearing Timbaland, had Afro. He gave me the basketball and he passed me in a position where I can score easily. And then I started becoming really active. I started being the video guy of the basketball team. And now basketball is life. Basketball changed my life because of this guy. So sometimes you yeah. need somebody to really highlight and push you and give you that pass. And I think this is what a lot of people don't know. Mo Flo is an amazing artist, but AY is an incredible producer and a brother. And this is kind of my call right now. But yeah, yeah like, go, um, man. Kinda, kinda Love you, bro. And we all have those people in our life. Like, you are one of those people as well for us. Like, you pass on a lot of things <laughs> as well. So, my man, listen, just, I want you to well. give us your uh, social media handle. We're going to put it right here. Yeah, at AY, the producer on Instagram and harmony.co slash AY is everything like our production catalog my sample packs everything is there as well bless you my brother um peace and love my guys guy. like subscribe and uh, thank you so much if you're tuning into this like couple of hours and swipe up swipe up <laughs> swipe up a uh, fist bump bro okay. right here all right bro uh peace and love assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh salam peace